This is the meeting of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force for February 1st, 2023. The time is 404 uh, p.m. And I'll just go ahead and go into the introductions. In accordance with Governor Gavin Newsom's executive order declaring a state of emergency, the COVID-19 outbreak, and Mayor London Embree's proclamation declaring a local emergency, including the guidance for gathering issued by the Sam's Department of Public Health Officer, aggressive directors were issued to reduce the spread of COVID-19. On March 17, 2020, the Board of Supervisors authorizes authorized their board and committee meetings to convene remotely and will allow remote public comment via teleconference. Members of the public may participate by phone or may submit their comments by email to SFTF, SO, sorry, excuse me, SOTF at sfgov.org. All comments received will be made a part of the official record. Uh, Sunshine Owners Task Force agendas and their associated documents are available at http sfbos.org slash sunshine. Uh, meeting decorum. Any members of the Sunshine Owners Task Force may call for decorum due to disorderly conduct of meeting participants. Person who engage in threatening and or menacing behavior may be asked to leave. Uh, first item on the agenda is call to order, roll call, and agenda changes. Would you, you like to and start with the roll call? Yes. On the call of the roll, Member Schmidt. Present. Schmidt present. Member LaHood. Present. LaHood present. Member Pavan Bobbin. Present. Pavan Bobbin present. Vice Chair Wong. Wong absent. Member Stein. Present. Stein present. Member Highland. Present. Highland present. Member Hill. Present. Hill present. Member Wolf. Wolf absent. One, two, three, four, five, six. Chair Yankee, we do have a quorum. Oh, I forgot to present too. You're not on my list for some reason. Member Member Yankee. And I am present. No, Yankee present. We have a quorum. Okay, great. Um let's go ahead and move on to the agenda changes. Um before we start, um I'll note for the record that we received um a communication that stated that the agenda for this meeting was not physically posted at the library um, as, as of when a, a member of the community checked on Sunday. Um, we did receive um, confirmation from library staff that by Monday that that posting had been made. However, that was uh, less than 72 hours prior to the start of this meeting. However, I also consulted with the staff of the clerk of the board's office and learned that the physical posting of this agenda in fact had been posted at the clerk's office kiosk more than 72 hours prior to the start of the meeting and that the agenda was of course posted online more than 72 hours before the start of the meeting um, so that's the communication um, i didn't know if any members had comments or concerns regarding that 
Um, Member Highland here. Go ahead, Member uh, Highland. Nothing other than perhaps a polite reminder: the library, seventy-two hour time frame is in order. Um, I don't know if this has happened in the past. It's just, it's just a one-off, but wouldn't hurt just to politely remind them. I think that's a point well taken, Member Highland. Um, I researched it in Chapter Eight of the Admin Code. Um, I could try to search for the specific subsection, but it does say that the library shall post it immediately upon receipt and that was sent over on Friday. So if there was any lapse, I think that was over at the, at the library, not certainly not with the staff here who did send it over considerably timely. What went on Friday? Was it sent from us? Um, I think it was 8 something PM, um, but the library is open on the weekend. So that should have been posted, you know, Saturday, anytime Saturday would have been, you know. Got it. Fine. So I guess I have a question, which is if it's supposed to be posted and it wasn't, and somebody was only relying on the library um, to see the agenda 72 hours in advance, like what is the, is there an implication for holding this meeting? Um, maybe DC Mark Price Wolf could, could comment. I, I did talk to him about this as well. Sure. Am I muted? Can you hear me? We can hear you. Hello? We can hear you. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I think the language of the, um, the Sunshine Ordinance combined with the Administrative Code suggests that it needs to be posted within 72 hours. And our bylaws specifically say it needs to be posted at the library and in the clerk's office. But our bylaws don't say for 72 hours. So I think the key is, was there any posting uh, with a 72 hours notice and what were they? And so we have the online posting, we have the clerk's office posting that were definitely um, outside of the 72 hour window. And so I feel pretty comfortable saying that this is a lawful meeting, but, um, you know, it's, you're asking, like, is it unlawful? I think the answer is no, but I think it's a different question of like, what exactly do our bylaw, do the task force's bylaws say and what that means and how you want to decide to go forward. Certainly if there were no notice, no online notice or nothing posted in the clerk's office, then I think we'd be in a different situation um, than we are now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, um, any other comments, questions from the members? I guess I maybe wonder if the fact that it was not posted at the library 72 hours in advance had any substantive impact on anyone attending <laughs> in terms of being able to be prepared for the meeting. Uh, this is Victor Young. Whether we got any other complaints, I guess. Uh, this is uh, Victor Young. Yeah. Uh, clerk for today. And um, just so to make it clear, any of the participants to matters on today's agendas are notified directly 
much further out than 72 hours before the meeting. And in regards to the library, we do send it over to them and they do place it in a binder, I believe. I can't, there's no way for us to verify what time they put it in that binder and when they respond back to us. Okay. In addition to that, uh, since it is an open public binder, there's no way to know if someone takes the notice out of their binder and keeps it, which has happened on many occasions. And people have taken the agendas off our kiosks in the past and kept them. So uh, just something to keep take note of. Mm. Okay. Thank you, Victor. Um, any other comments, questions on this item? Because I have a few other things for agenda changes. Okay, I'm gonna move on to the other agenda changes. Um, we also received um, a communication this morning that that um, notice that Victor was just speaking of inadvertently left out um, at least two of the respondents. Um, this would be um, Ms. Shulman, who has file numbers, let me see here, this would be for item number nine, file 21128, and uh, item number 10, file number 21132. Um, as I looked at that email that went out and, and looked at each email address, it appears that um, Mr. Dreckmeyer um, for item number eight, file number 22018 um, was also left off of that communication. Although they both received the agenda email to them on Friday. Uh, Ms. Shulman has asked that we continue her items since she did not have the opportunity to um, submit supplemental in, um, information. I think that's a, a very you know reasonable request. Um, but it looks like Mr. Dreckmeyer is here, and I didn't know if he was prepared or not prepared to to um, present his case based on that. And so um, perhaps Mr. Dreckmeyer could let us know if he wanted to continue with his file today or if he would prefer that we continue it as well. Um, Victor, if maybe we could unmute Mr. Dreckmeyer. Give me a moment. I believe he is right here. I have unmuted the line. Okay, thank you. Mr. Dreckmeyer, did you um, hear my introduction there? Uh, go ahead with my case today. You do want to go ahead. Okay, great. Okay, so based on that, I will make a motion to continue item number nine and 10. That's file number 21128 and 21132. Those are both of Ms. Shulman's cases to the March 2023 meeting. Member Highland seconds. Okay, so that's moved by Chair Yankee, seconded by Member Highland. Any other discussion on that motion? Uh, Member Lefebvre. Yes, I have a question. We we were discussing something else and then we moved into this and we've got a motion on this. Are we going to allow public comment just on this motion or on the topic we discussed prior to this motion, which is unrelated? I'll open a public comment to anything related to this item on the um, on the uh, agenda here. Okay. There's a motion on the on, on the prior topic, but if someone wants to use their public comment period to talk about that instead, that that's perfectly fine. Okay. Just wanted to clear because yep. I I feel like it might come up. Yep. That I'm fine with that. All right. It's not seeing any other um, hands here, so let's go ahead. And I would just also like to bring up uh, one other request for continuance, which I don't think is an issue. 
as the item is on our consent agenda today. Oh, that's we, right. Thank you, Victor. Um, and that was a request for, from, I'm sorry, which? Uh, Supervisor Dorsey's office. Okay, Supervisor Dorsey's office, and that is for file number uh, 21110. 22110, and that's 13B, that's part of the consent calendar. And I note that, you know, consent items do not need the um, complainant or respondent here. Um, and they were offered, I believe, but maybe Chair Schmidt can um, confirm for the, the complaint committee hearing. Was there a representative from uh, Supervisor Dorsey's office? Honestly, don't recall. <laughs> um, Member Stein, you may have been there. Do you recall for that one? This was just, let's see, this was in October, it looks like. Well, I think we're on, you're on mute, Member Stein. Sorry, I don't recall off the bat. Okay, well, um, they're not necessary for this, and, and we don't, in fact, on the consent calendar, give folks the ability to present. Um, they could certainly comment, but that's they don't have a, a presentation period, and so um, I'm not going to include that in my motion now. If someone else wants believes that that's something we need to consider separately, we can we can do that. Um, but I think we're fine to continue um, since it is a consent agenda item. So I'll leave my motion as is, just focusing on the two um, items from Ms. Shulman. That's again items number nine and 10. Did I miss anything else, Victor? Uh, no, that's uh, everything I, I'm aware of. Okay, great. All right, so we'll, we'll go ahead and open up public comment, and this would be on that motion or anything else we discussed as part of. Item number one on the agenda. Oh, yes, um, the, Highland? I'm sorry. Jerry, I, I looked at the minutes quickly from that complaint uh, uh, minutes, and there was a representative, Brian Dahl, from Matt Dorsey's office. So, yes, they did have someone there. Oh, great. Okay. So, they did have an opportunity to present. So, that that's good. Thank you, Member Highland. I'm sorry, Victor, go ahead. Yeah, if there are any members of the public who would like to make public comment at this time, you can go ahead and raise your hand. Give me one moment. Yes, if you can go ahead and use the application to raise your hand by pressing star three or using uh, the application to indicate that you would like to make public comment. Give me one moment. I'm trying to set up my timer. Okay, I will go ahead and unmute our first caller who has indicated. Hello, caller. Uh, if you'd like to make. Make public comment, you can proceed. This is Peter Dreckmar, and actually I had raised my hand for the question earlier about proceeding, so I don't need to speak on this item. Okay, thank you very much. Hello, caller, I have unmuted you. You may begin your public comment. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Clerk. Um, with respect to the posting, uh, I was the one who was at the public library. I did look in the binder. It was not there. I double checked. Uh, and I have to disagree with Mr. Price Wolf, though I'm not a member of the bar. Uh, I read statutes very carefully, and neither the Brown Act or the Sunshine Ordinance says that either the meeting has to be posted physically or posted on the internet 72 hours in advance. It's set, both of them say that it has to be posted both places 72 hours in advance. Uh, 
Um, the kiosk in front of the clerk's office is not the place uh, for that posting and has not been since the public library opened in, I think, June of, of uh, 2020, uh, sorry, 2021. Um, the, I have spoken with the woman who does the uh, printing out and placing in the binder of the notices, and she made it very clear to me uh, that she does not accept um, I mean, if she works a regular work week and, and she does not work on weekends and she requires, and I presume that she communicated this to whoever was involved, that uh, uh, postings that, that need to occur over the weekend have to be submitted to her by 4.30 p.m. on Friday, um, the, the, the day before the weekend. So uh, the, the task force is responsible for all stages in the posting process. They were responsible for getting it to the, to the library personnel at by 4.30 on Friday. Um, as for whether anybody was misled by this, it's really impossible to tell, and that's why these, these um, laws require perspicuous enforcement, because um, someone could have looked in that binder and not seen the notice, and they are here today as a result of that. So we'll never know who was misled um, materially by this. And not not one of the complainants, but but members of the, other members of the public uh, might well be. So, uh, and I'd just like to make people aware that willful, uh, so action taken, that is a vote, uh, a final vote on any item in violation of the Brown Act with the intent to uh, deprive the public of information to which the member knows uh, the public to be entitled under the Brown Act is a misdemeanor offense under California Government Code Section 54959. Um, so please bear that in mind uh, throughout this meeting. And uh, I could cite a lot of uh, a lot of court cases uh, and code sections that say that. Well, I'll just quote this one: Lux versus Hagen, 69 California. Uh, reporter 255 and 299 from 1886, and I quote, there is no public policy which can empower the courts to disregard the law or because of an asserted benefit to many persons to overthrow the settled law. But this court has no power to legislate, especially meant to legislate in a manner as to deprive the citizens of their vested rights. End quote. Back to you, Mr. Clerk. Thank you. Moving on to our next caller. Hi, caller. I've unmuted you. You may begin your comments. Hello, I'm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm uh, wondering what uh, what options I have, or what um, what's the procedure if I believe that a sunshine request is not being uh, fulfilled, and uh, if I believe there may be a destruction of evidence regarding a sunshine request. Um, I'm going to pause your time for now. Uh, you can call our office uh, when you get a chance, and we'll be happy to go over that with you. Uh, public comment is really not the proper location to for this type of issue, as the committee will not respond to questions during general public comment. Can you um, can you give me the phone number and the hours that I can call in for this? Um, sorry, I don't have the exact number. Let me look at the agenda. I, I'm a fill-in clerk today, so I'm not completely sure. Victor, this is Matt. Um, Chair Yankee, the phone number is 415-554-7724, or you can also email the office at sotf at sfgov.org. 
And what are the hours of the office? That I can. Uh, it's, it is uh, eight to five. Monday through Friday. Yes. Eight to five, Monday through Friday. Okay. And uh, is it is the office open currently for physical uh, visits as well? Uh, yes, we are, but it probably best to give us a call. Uh, as you know, we are still working on a hybrid schedule in the in our office where uh, not everyone is there every day. Okay, I understand. Thank you. I will. I will be so. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and clear the indications of raised hands. Uh, if I happen to miss you, if you can go ahead and raise your hand at this time, it would be appreciated. I'm not seeing any indications of additional public comment at this time. I believe we can close public comment. Okay, thank you. We'll go ahead and close public comment. Um, and let's go ahead and move to a vote on the motion to continue those items that I mentioned. Yes, on that motion. Oh, Bob, uh, Member Schmidt, did you have a, a question or comment? Yeah, I, I believe uh, just in response, I'm, I'm not responding to uh, Mr. Hilliard, but I am voting yes uh, based on my understanding that the posting that was done, I, I'm hearing that the like the kiosk is is what we need to post on. I'm assuming that the posting that was done is the required posting. And despite the fact that Mr. Hilliard seems to claim that it doesn't suffice, I'm going to vote yes based on our advice we've heard from council. So I just wanted to note that. Okay, thank you, Member Schmidt. Any other comments, questions? This is the motion to continue Ms. Schulman's items to the March meeting. Okay, I don't see any hands. So, Victor, when you're ready. Yes, on that motion. Chair Yankee. Aye. Yankee, aye. Member Highland. Aye. Highland, aye. Member Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood. Aye. LaHood, aye. Member Pabin. Aye. Pabin, aye. Member Wong. Wong absent. Member Stein. Member Stein. Aye. Stein, aye. Member Hill. Aye. Hill, aye. Member Wolf. Wolf absent. The motion passes without objection. Next okay, thank you, Victor. Um, before we move on, just one last check. Any other other comments, questions, motions on this item? 
Okay, not seeing any. So we will go ahead and move on to item 1A, Victor, when you're ready. Yes, 1A, findings to allow teleconference meeting under California Government Code, sections 54953E. The task force is expected to consider a motion setting forth findings required under Assembly Bill 361 that will allow the committee to hold the meeting remotely according to modified Brown Act teleconferencing set forth in AB 361. Okay, thank you, Victor. Um, this is that motion that we've been considering and voting on for the last several months. Um, I just note this will be the last meeting that we see this take place. Um, we've been informed, and this is going to be a future agenda item on this agenda that um, we'll be going back to in person meetings beginning in March. So this would be just for this meeting and the remainder of committee meetings in February. So if anyone would like to make a motion here. Member Highland, so moved. Uh, member LaHood, I second. Okay, so moved by Member Highland, seconded by Member LaHood to approve the motion. Um, I don't see any other. Uh, uh, member Schmidt, did you have a hand up for this item or is that left over? Okay. Don't see any other hands, so we will go ahead and move to public comment when you're ready, Victor. Yes. Give me one moment. Okay, um, if anyone like to make public comment on this matter, you can go ahead and raise your hand at this time by raising your hand. You can press star three at this time, or otherwise use the application to raise your hand. Seeing. Uh, see no hand raise. I don't believe there's any public comment on this uh, matter okay. at this time. Thank you. We'll go ahead and close public comment on this and not seeing any other hands. So, Victor, when you're ready, we can go ahead and call the roll on this. Yes, on that motion. Member Highland. All right. Highland, I. Member LaHood. I. LaHood, I. Member Schmidt. I. Schmidt, I. Member Pavan-Mawadin. I. Pavan-Mawadin, I. Vice Chair Wong. Wong absent. Member Stein. I. Stein, I. Member Hill. I. Hill, I. Member Wolf. Wolf absent. Chair Yankee. Aye. Yankee, aye. The motion passes without objection. Okay, uh, Victor, when you're ready, we can go ahead on to item number two. Next on the agenda is item number two, approval of the minutes from the Sunshine Orange Task Force, regular meeting of December 7th, 2022. Okay, so the uh, draft minutes are attached. Um, I don't know if anyone had edits for it, or if not, if there's a motion to approve. Uh, Member LaHood. Yeah, I have one tiny thing, but I stumbled over it. Um, item number three on page seven, and hang on, let me get to the specific text. Uh,
Um, there's a word there. It says engage, but I think it, it should be gauge. G-A-U-G-E. Because it doesn't make sense as written. I see. This is under item number three, the public comment for Mr. Pilpel. Yes, it says David Pilpel suggested including the date the complaint was filed. And because it is relevant in case someone wants to engage the time before their order was issued. But I think he, in case someone wants to gauge the time before the order was issued. So there's also a was missing at the end, but it's it was the engage gauge thing that threw me off. Thank you, Member LaHood. Um, Victor, do you have that? I, I have that marked. Okay. Great. Um, and I'm just going to note for the record at 432 that um, member Wolf has joined us. Okay. Any other suggested edits for the meeting of uh, the, the um, meeting minutes here? And if not, do we want to have a motion to approve with the edits suggested by Member LaHood? Sorry, I'm just. Uh... Any motion on the minutes here? This is Member LaHood. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you should, please. Okay, this is Member Padmanabhan, um, and I'd like to go ahead and um, um, with the changes that uh, Member LaHood suggested, um, accept the minutes. Okay, so moved by Member Padmanabhan to accept the minutes, approve the minutes with the change suggested by Member LaHood. Do we have a second? Member Stein, I'll second it. Okay, seconded by Member Stein. Um, any other discussion? Not seen any other hands. So, Victor, when you are ready, we can go to public comment on that item. Yeah, so if there are any members of the public would like to make public comment on this matter, you can go ahead and raise your hand at this time by pressing star three or otherwise using the application to raise your hand. I'm not seeing any indications of hands raised at this time. I believe we can close public comment. Okay, we will go ahead and close public comment then. And I don't see any other hands up, so we can go ahead and move to a vote on that when you're ready, Victor. Yes, on that motion to approve the minutes of December 7th, 2022, as amended. Uh, Member Palman Bobbin. Aye. Palman Bobbin, aye. Member Stein. Aye. Stein, aye. Member Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt, aye. Member Wong. Wong absent. Member Highland. Aye. Highland, aye. Member Hill. Aye. Hill, aye. Member Wolf. Aye. Wolf, aye. Chair Yankee. Aye. Yankee, aye. The motion passes. Uh, Mr. Young, I, my name wasn't called. This is Member LaHood. LaHood. Member LaHood. Aye. LaHood, aye. Motion passes without objection, and my apologies for that. Okay, and I think we had what uh, Vice Chair Wong absent on that one. Yes. Okay. 
So let's go ahead and move to the next item then. Yes, give me a moment. Yes, approval of orders of determinations uh, as listed. File numbers 22014 to 1126, 22084, 2009. However, on 2009, there is a request that that be uh, put off this agenda. 2020-2107, 2108-2107, 2108-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2107-2107, 2
Um, we can go ahead and move on to the next item then. That would be uh, item number four. Moving on to the next item is uh, item four, file number 22143, annual supervisors of records report from the city attorney. I see your hand raised. I will go ahead and unmute that as I believe that is uh, the representative. Okay, great. So this is uh, just as a reminder, this is an item that we had on one of our prior agendas. And I believe that um, we had neglected to inform the city attorney's office that it was gonna be on the agenda. Um, so we had continued this item and I believe Ms. Court is here now. Um, thank you for coming. Um, and she'll go ahead and speak on this item and answer any questions hopefully that we have. So I will turn it over to her. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Um, I'll just get started then. Thank you. Good evening, chair and members. I'm here to present the 22nd annual supervisor of records report, which covers the 2021 calendar year. The report also includes a handful of petitions submitted in 2020 that have been resolved since the last annual report was uh, presented. Um, as a part of this report, we normally report on whether there are any court actions regarding determinations by the supervisor of records or court decisions interpreting the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, there were no such cases during this period. Um, in terms of the numbers, um, there were 114 petitions filed in 2021. Um, 96 of those petitions were filed by the same petitioner. Um, just to give you a little comparison, 68 petitions were filed in 2020, 32 were filed in 2019, and 8 were filed in 2018. Um, of the uh, petitions that this um, report examines, two of those were withdrawn um, for 26 petitions. No determination was needed because the department had either produced additional records or did not withhold any responsive records. Um, for 20 of the petitions, the supervisor of records determined either that the records were properly redacted or were exempt from disclosure. And I should note there are, um, which is noted in the report, there are 77 petitions filed in 2020 and 2021 by anonymous that are still outstanding. Um, in the report, you will find our 2021 letter to anonymous um, invoking the rule of reason. The volume and the reason for that is just the volume of petitions filed by this single source created an unreasonable burden and undermined our office's ability to perform our other duties required under the charter. Um, so with that, I'm uh, happy to do my best to take any questions that you all might have. Thank you very much for presenting. Uh, members, any questions for Ms. Quart? Um, I, I had one question, this is Chair Yankee. Um, were there any pending um, petitions from individuals other than anonymous? Or all the other ones respond for for calendar year 2021. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, member Wolf. Yeah, I think number 11. Ross Braden. 
was one that was not anonymous. Oh, I'm sorry. And, um, uh, Harry Pariser, number 15. Uh, number 17, Jeremy Goodrich. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Those are, I'm sorry, um, Member Wolf, those are petitions that we have closed. The, the list of um, ones that are outstanding are further down in the report. In it, It's in a table format. I see. Okay, thank you. No problem. Any other questions or comments? If not, we'll go ahead and move to public comment. Seen any other hands from members? So, Victor, when you're ready, let's go ahead and move to public comment on this item. Okay, if there's anybody who would like to make public comment on this matter, you can go ahead and raise your hand at this time by pressing star three or otherwise using the application to raise your hand. I'll give everyone a moment to make their indications if they'd like to make public comment. Okay, I'm not seeing any indications of public comment this time. Okay, great. We'll go ahead and close public comment on this item. Um, I don't think, I think we discussed this last meeting that there really isn't a, a motion that we need to make since it's already part of our file. Um, but I'll ask one more time before we move on. Any other last questions, comments, mo potential motions on this? All right, I think we are all set here. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on. Thank you again, Ms. Court, for joining us. We appreciate that. And we can go ahead and move on to item number five. Um, Chair, Mr. Chair, I think we should um, uh, move to accept the report and so it's in the record. We should take action to that we have received the report so that it's reflective in the record. Didn't we say that we received the report last time? I believe we did. Let me pull up our I meeting. can double check. Actually, it'd be attached here. Let's see. It'd probably be in the, was that November or, or December? Let's see, I think it was December. It was December and it says, moved by member Wolf, seconded by member Schmidt, that the SOTF received the supervisor of records report from the city attorney's office and requested that an audience from someone knowledgeable about the report attend the January 2023 SOTF hearing. Okay. So we already did make that motion. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Just thanks for the reminder. Okay, uh, I think we're all set to go ahead and move on. So Victor, when you're ready. Next on agenda is item number five, administrator's report, complaints and communications. Um, I am not too familiar with the report, but just to go on the very basics of it, I believe our next meeting will be for complaint committee on February the 14th and the compliance and amendments committee on February the 21st. And the next sunshine meeting will be on March 1st. I'll let the report speak for the itself for the remainder. Thank you, Victor. Um, Mrs. Chirianke, I will point out that Anonymous had um, emailed a suggestion about how we present the um, pending or, or, or backlog cases, however you want to refer them to. So if the members want to take a look at um, item number three in this report, this is on PDF page three. Uh, this is the new 
kind of way of, of representing this. And I, you know, I found this a little bit more helpful personally, um, but I don't know if anyone else wanted to go back to the old way. Um, we've, I, figured, I asked Cheryl to, to give it a try in this new format. So any thoughts on that? Uh, Member LaHood? I like it. It's easier to read. I agree. I thought it did a much better job of kind of showing where things stand um, and, and where we have um, our biggest backlog still to go through. Um, and, and Victor, maybe you know the answer to this, or, or maybe you don't. I you know, appreciate you kind of jumped here in the last minute. But I'm assuming that these um, figures represent all the pending cases, not the ones that we may close later on this agenda. And I'm assuming that once those 50 some files are closed, this will drop even quite a bit more. Is that correct? I cannot make that assumption. I was not involved with the creation of this report, so I wouldn't be able to answer. Okay. Uh, Member Wolf, did you have a comment? Yeah, just it, is this an actual or is this an example? This is an actual. So, um, okay, I guess pending the, when is it, uh, pending item number seven will reduce these numbers significantly. Right? That, yeah, that was my question. I, I must, I'm assuming that this is as of now before we take that action. So, okay. presumably, we'll see this go down by 50 some when we see it again next month. Okay. That Thank you. Okay, I don't see any other hands. So let's go ahead and open this up to public comment. Yes, if there's any members of the public who would like to make public comment on this matter, you can raise your hand at this time by pressing star three or otherwise use the application to raise your hand. I'll give everyone a moment to raise their hand if they would like to make public comment on this item. Okay, I'm not seeing any indications of public comment on this matter. Okay, thank you. We'll go ahead and close public comment. Um, and not seeing other hands here, I think we can go ahead and move on to the next item, which is 5A. Yes, and just to clarify, there's no action taken on this matter. Correct. Okay, moving on to 5A. Communications from the city attorney, discussion of the memorandum entitled Legal rule governing participation by members of policy bodies in meetings beginning March 1st, 2023. Okay, so this was a uh, communication that we received um, from our, our legal counsel. And just in case we wanted to have a more in-depth discussion, I asked Cheryl to, to kind of piece this one out from the rest of the administrator's report. Um, so as the title suggests, um, in-person meetings will uh, resume on March 1st, which will be our, our next meeting here. Um, the only remaining uh, online meetings will be the committee meetings in February. Uh, I didn't know if anyone had a chance to, to review this and if we had any questions, comments, items we want to discuss as we go through this transition. I know for many of our members, um, they've only known this as the online world. And so this will be a bit of a, a change for them. Um, just having gone through it before, I'll note that um, City Hall does not provide computers. And so if you're used to using computers, you might want to bring your own laptop or 
tablet or, or whatever, um, I think they usually have a couple printed versions of the agenda available, but otherwise um, we kind of bring our own, own uh, devices and, and follow along that way. Uh, there is internet connection, so, so that's good, but it's kind of spotty at times. Um, I don't know, Victor, maybe if you had any other um, tips you wanted to share with the members who have not yet attended an in-person meeting? Um, I cannot think of anything at this point in time, but we will get something together uh, and provide it to the members if we can think of anything. Great. Okay. So I see some hands here. So we'll go with Member LaHood and then Member Wolf. Uh, Member LaHood. It was so long ago, but if I recall correctly, um, they also start kicking us out by 10 p.m. Is that correct? If we're in the building, they won't kick us out, but the lights start turning off around that time automatically. Yeah. Yeah, Member LaHood, that's that's an excellent point. Um, I think um, the online environment has maybe allowed us to get a little bit more loose with kind of keeping ourselves in check as far as time since, you know, the commutes from our computers to our beds and not necessarily <laughs> across the city. Um, and so I'm certainly going to, you know, as we kind of move back, I'm going to do my best to make the March agenda as kind of as light as possible so that we don't run the risk of of trying to have an 11 or 12 a, uh, 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. Uh, uh, end to our meeting. I think we want to get out of there at a decent time um, and kind of ease back into it that way. So that's a point very well taken. Um, Member Wolf? Yeah, um, just have some questions with regards to, I don't know whether you call it a reasonable accommodation or uh, folks that are still uh, concerned about um, being infected um in a uh even in a small group i mean the the dais in the chambers is not really good for social distancing um and i'm wondering what provisions the rules have for that i may i may interject quickly uh i'd like to let you know that the mayor's office on disability and the mayor's office are still in discussions on some aspects of that question and we are waiting to hear from them, but uh, that's as far as as much information as I have. Okay, thank you. Uh, maybe our uh, DCA Mark Price Wolf may have additional information to share or comment further. I, I think. My apologies. Uh, he let me. Um, Move him to the panelist list, and he should be able to unmute himself at this time. Yeah, I can. Sorry, I wasn't able to unmute. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any further insight that Victor was referring to about any additional discussions. I think there should be because it create can create some really challenging, tricky situations for attendance and full participation. Um, so hopefully there's a little more guidance on that. Did you have a specific question, Jerry and Key, that you wanted me to look into? Um, well, I, I guess kind of along those lines, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback along what um, Member Wolf asked is, um, what if we actually have a member who is positive with COVID? And um, obviously, you know, by advice of, of all you know, medical professionals is told not to, to go out in public. Is that a reasonable accommodation? And would in that situation that member be able to attend uh, remotely? Or would that member, we just asked that member not to attend at all? 
I I have to look back. I think the memo addresses that. Um, but let me look back. Maybe I can. Did I let me miss? I'm sorry. The memo does address that. Yeah, let me look in that, and if we move on, I can come back and chime back, <laughs> chime back in more real time with with that thought. So, but I think it does say what what we should do in that instance. Member Hood, do you re recall what it said? I, I'm sorry, I must have missed that. I recall that it says that is a uh, that is a that is a reason that one may attend remotely. And others involved uh, 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 recently or well, uh, recent welcoming of a child to the family. Okay. May I clarify, Mr. Chair? Oh, oh sure. Um, so yeah, so there the parental leave has uh, always been in effect. I mean, that's that's been the city law uh, uh, regularly. Uh, the reasonable accommodation with regards to if a, um, a person with a, a verifiable disability um, under the ADA um, is unable to leave their home uh, for whatever their condition is is causing them, uh, then there's that. My question is more about if any member um, felt that if they were um, going to uh, be exposed, that might cause them to, um, uh, that it would affect either their work uh, situation or family situation or what have you, that uh, if they felt that uh, being in a place where there's no social distancing, they might be exposed, um, could they uh, request a, uh, an accommodation to attend remotely? Whether they have a disability or not. Okay, yeah, that that's a good question. Thank you, Member Wolf. Um, uh, Member Wolf, this is this is uh, Mark. I think that's something that you and I should chat about offline, um, and see what we can do, because I think that's sort of a case by case basis that we should work together to to address. Okay, thank you. Um. And then, then maybe Victor, maybe this is something you could answer is, is what the clerk's office plans are regarding um, remote uh, public comment. I believe this kind of leaves it up to the each policy body to decide. We don't have any plans yet. We're waiting for additional information. Okay, so we don't know how that will work yet when it comes for March. Hopefully we can yes. get some information before that. Uh, okay. The Board of Supervisors Rules Committee does have a meeting this Coming Monday, where they might discuss that issue, but they have not finalized their agenda yet. Okay, is is the plan, Victor, for whatever the board adopts as their policy to be the same procedure that we use here for? Board doesn't have authority over the other boards' commissions. They'll be at their, they'll have to make their own decisions or get their own advice. The board doesn't have authority to tell the other bodies what to do. Right, but I understand that we're under the. Management, or yes, or, we would probably follow uh, suit with the supervisors, but in general, uh, the task force follows the same procedures as the board of supervisors. But we don't know what we're doing yet as we're waiting for additional advice. Okay, all right. Any other questions or comments, members, before we open up to public comment? Okay, not seeing any, so let's go ahead and move to public comment on this item.
Yes, if there are any members of the public who would like to make public comment on this item, you can raise your hand at this time by pressing star three or otherwise using the application to raise your hand. I'll give everyone a moment to raise their hand by pressing star three. Okay, I see no indications of public comment on this matter. Okay, great. Um, we'll go ahead and close public comment then. Um, anything else members before we move on? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and if unless anyone has any other objections to it, I'll go ahead and put this on the agenda then for our next meeting, just in case we have some further updates that, that, you know, sounds like might still be in the work so that we could get an update on that. And I think we're ready to move on and it looks like we are for once right on time to go ahead and move on. <laughs> Yes, I'd just like to clarify that the no official action was taken today, but it is the intention of the chair to continue to reschedule this matter at the next meeting of the task force. That's great. Thank you, Victor. And since it is according to my clock, five o'clock, um, I think we can hear item number six now. Yes, uh, item number six, public comment. Members of the public may address the Sunshine Owners Task Force on matter that are within the task force jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. If you'd like to make public comment at this time, you can raise your hand by pressing star three. Uh, if you're on the telephone or otherwise using the application to raise your hand, I will give everyone a, a chance to press star three if they would like to make public comment. Okay, we have our first taker in a while. Let me get my timer ready. Hello, caller. You've been unmuted. You may begin your public comment. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, let me start my timer. Um, okay, I just wanted to comment uh, for, for the benefit of uh, uh, Member Wolf. Uh, I had said that the, this meeting had not been noticed correctly uh, at the public library, and uh, uh, Council Price Wolf then then said that uh, the requirement, the physical posting requirement, actually is the clerk's office, which had received the uh, document and posted it in, uh, more than 72 hours before the meeting. I just want to draw the uh, task force's attention to a memorandum from the Office of the City Attorney dated September 28, 2021, titled Updated Advice Regarding Meetings and Policy Bodies During the COVID-19 Emergency, page 5, number 4. It says, where must notice and agendas of meetings of policy bodies be posted, question mark. And it says, I quote, a policy body must post a notice and agenda for a meeting on the policy body's website. Also, the policy body must post notice the notice and agenda at the main library. This notice requirement was infeasible during the first year of the pandemic when the main library was largely closed, but the requirement applies now that the building is accessible to the public, end quote. And um, previous uh, memoranda dealing with um, posting during COVID-19 did say that the posting was to occur at room 244, which I said in, in my comment, uh, it, it was that way until the public library opened. And um, so now I'm confused actually, because I'm trying to help the Behavioral Health Commission uh, get compliant. And I've been telling them all along that they need to post at the public library 
for the fiscal posting requirement, but now I'm being told that they need to post it at room 244, so, um, I, 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 or really the clerk's office. So I, I'd appreciate, uh, I know you can't uh, respond to this public comment, but I just want to um, <laughs> express my uh, concern. Back to you, Mr. Clerk. Okay, give me one moment. I lost my spot. And um, I don't wanna interject without the chair's permission, but room 2044 is the Board of Supervisors posting location. And that is the only reason we probably said that they need Sunshine Task Force agendas are posted at room 244. That is where we post all the agendas for the clerk of the board and the task force specifically. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Victor. Um, can we have our next caller? You may begin when you hear the note that you've been unmuted. Task force members are supposed to be like umpires calling balls and strikes and following all procedures and rules and not dictating what complaints come before them. They call us in the gray area. Members are to make the call for the greater public access as that is what the laws and courts have said. I have had only five complaints heard by the task force in five plus years and only one against Mr. Steinberg. I am not prolific. Three of those complaints were suggested by task force members. I probably would have not have filed. After losing a five to four vote, task force member Kanata said, if only I had included government employees or a department in my complaint. So I did that, waiting for reconsideration. Lost vote. I do not go around trying to antagonize people. Unfortunately, many, but not all the officials are more than willing to push the boundaries to violate public access laws. Some just do not know, and, and some just make a mistake. I call balls and strikes. You either violate the public access laws or you don't. The record requesters cannot violate public access laws. Non-secular. If you want to speed up the complaint process, how complaints are processed, Member Schmidt put forward a proposal. It's fine to say a proposal can be improved, but then you should make the changes you would like to see as you are looking at it and, and then put it forward. Nobody is better at what you think than you. Don't allow perfection to get in the way of moving forward. Death by committee. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Non-secular. Next request has a contract with the city uh, that the city must agree to, to use their software. What for-profit internet company do you know that does not have many pages of legalese? I'm not sure SF Department of Technology knows this. Thank you for your time, Sullivan. Thank you. Just checking my list. Uh, I believe that there, that was the last public commenter for general public comment. Okay, thank you, Victor. We'll go ahead and close public comment. Um, just a note here um, for the members in, in case anyone is wondering regarding the um, posting requirement at the library. Um, that's actually in section eight, it's subsection 16. Um, of the admin code, um, which is not part of the sunshine ordinance and I would argue is, is not within our, our jurisdiction. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on to the next item. Next on the agenda is item number 7. Closing pending complaints 
Care to consider closing uh, the following uh, complaints listed on the agenda under item number seven and dismissing them without prejudice. My apologies, forgot to stop it. Without prejudice, pursuant to the SOTF complaint procedure 7B, the complaint, complainant has communicated to the task force administrator that they will not be attending the hearing for, for this issue. Okay, thank you, Victor. All right, uh, members, this one I think is pretty straightforward. This is a request to go ahead and close um, quite a few pending complaint files. This is on behalf of the complainant um, who has said that they would not attend any hearings on these items and therefore is suggesting that we close them under our complaint procedure 7B. Um, so I don't know if we want to go ahead and have a motion on that. Uh, Member Wolf, did you have your hand up on this item? Yes, I did. I wanted to make a motion. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I move to close um, these uh, the pending complaints under uh, this item as indexed uh, from number one to number fifty-five without prejudice. Okay, great. So we have a motion by Member Wolf. Do we have a second? This is Member Padmanabhan, and I will second that motion. Okay, great. So moved by Member Wolf, seconded by Member Padmanabhan to close the complaint files under Complaint Procedure 7B without prejudice. Um, do we have any further discussion? Not seeing any other hands. So let's go ahead and move to public comment on this item. Yes, if there are any members of the public who would like to make public comment on this matter, you can press star three at this time or otherwise indicate through the application, the raising of your hand for public comment. I will give everyone a moment to go ahead and raise their hand if they wish to do so. I am not seeing any indication for public comment at this time. I believe we can close public comment. Okay, we will go ahead and close public comment on this. Uh, members, are there any last questions, comments? Uh, Member LaHood. Uh, yes, this is Member LaHood. Just for the record, I would like to say, um, I know this is a large number of cases and I know we're uh, probably looking forward to closing them, but I would also like to acknowledge that I think Anonymous actually um, brought up a lot of important issues uh, over the time that they were involved in uh, communicating with the task force and filing these complaints. And I think having these discussions um, I, I think these were important discussions. I think that changes were made uh, at the city uh, that will uh, uh, benefit sunshine laws and our um, uh, for the for the for the public public good. Um, I should have prepared a better statement, but I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, as anonymous is retiring from uh, these activities going forward. That's all. Thank you, Member LaHood. Any other comments, questions, members? Uh, Member Wolf, did you have another comment? Your hand's still up? Okay. All right, I think we are all set then to take a vote on this. Victor, when you're ready. Yes, on that motion. Member Wolf. Aye. Wolf, aye. Member Pavan Mabin. Aye. Pavan Mabin, aye. Member Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood. Aye. 
Lehud Ai, Vice Chair Wong. Wong absent. Member Stein. Aye. Stein, aye. Member Highland. Aye. Highland, aye. Member Hill. Aye. Hill, aye. Chair Yankee. Aye. Yankee, aye. The motion passes without objection. Great. Um, thank you, Victor. We can go ahead and move on to item number eight. Yes, item number eight is file number TT018, complaint filed by Peter Drakemeyer against the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 67.21 by failing to respond to a public records request in a timely and or complete manner. Okay. We and do have Mr. Drakemeyer listed with us today. I'll go ahead and unmute him. If you, I believe we have the other indication. Ms. Sa, are you here for this item? I am. Uh, we have our two participants uh, with us today. Excellent. Thank you both for attending. Um, and apologies again to Mr. Drakemeyer for not including him in the notice of appearance. Um, so this looks like this went to the complaint committee back in April of 2022. So I will turn it over to complaint chair Schmidt to give us a summary of this item. Yeah, uh, I'm looking back at my notes and it seems very straightforward. The request uh, was for basically underlying data, underlying um, numerical information that would would support a uh, contentions made in a report by the PUC. The request maybe was met with say two or three documents, but generally the response was attorney-client privilege and attorney work product. Um, it did not seem to, it, it didn't seem that it was really making sense why those would apply. And so we sent this forward. I'd ask uh, the other members that were there at the hearing if they have anything to add. Member Stein first. Yeah, I would only say that the loud noises out there, um, that the request was for calculations having to do with water rationing needs. They appeared to be um, calculations that are created in the ordinary course of business. And so, you know, there's a question of, you know, would attorney-client privilege apply to that? And it didn't immediately jump out at us that it would. So there was, that was, I think, our main question. Okay, thank you members Schmidt and uh, member Stein. Um, so, for those who have not attended 1 of these, or have not done so in a while, um, the procedure will be that we'll go ahead and let the complainant have 5 minutes to present his or her case that will be followed by uh, 5 minutes for the respondent to present um, in each case. We'll also ask if there's any other parties to provide facts or evidence. Um, at that point, the task force members can ask clarifying questions if they have any. 
We'll then go to rebuttals, which will be started by the respondent and then completed by the complainant. Uh, we will then deliberate and hopefully issue a ruling on the item. So that is the procedure for this. So we'll go ahead and let's get started. Um, Victor, when you're ready, if you could let Mr. Dreckmeyer know that he can begin his presentation. Uh, you may begin, Mr. Dreckmeyer, you may begin at your convenience. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. I, okay. I'm getting uh, an echo, but maybe that comes with the territory. My name is Peter Dreckmeyer, and I serve as policy director for the Tuolumne River Trust, where I've worked for more than 15 years. Tuolumne River is where we get our Hetch Hetchy water. We've had trouble getting documents from the SFPUC for many years. In 2016, the State Water Board released a draft plan for updating the Bay Delta Water Quality Control Plan, which would require more water to be left in rivers to restore the Central Valley's salmon-based ecosystems. The SFPUC responded with outlandish claims that the plan would lead to extreme water rationing and dire economic impacts. Neither is true. We requested basic data that would enable us to create a water supply calculator to check the SFPUC's work, but we were denied. When I asked why, I was told it was because they didn't know how we were going to use the information. After engaging a commissioner, we finally got the data and since then have been able to identify a number of instances in which SFPUC staff manipulated data and produced false narratives. My case being heard today involves a request for data and calculations the SFPUC used to assert that a water quality certification issued by the State Water Board could lead to 75% to 90% rationing. They denied my request based on attorney-client communications. So, what do lawyers have to do with water rationing projections? And why won't the SFPUC show their work? It's because they fear we'll prove their numbers are extremely inflated as we have in the past. My file includes all the details of my case, so I won't take more of your time repeating things, but I did wanna mention a couple of other incidents to demonstrate that our problems with the SFPUC are systemic. In December, the SFPUC voted to revise their rules of order and among other things, moved general public comment from near the beginning of their meetings to near the end. I was curious who initiated this slap in the face to the public, so I requested internal communications related to the item. Once again, my request was denied based on attorney-client communications. Another way we get denied information is by receiving email responses to documents we've requested, but no documents. This happened most recently in the fall when I requested documents showing how they determined the SFPUC's water supply needs which is associated with the need to develop alternative water supplies, such as recycled water. I received some email responses to my questions, but was told there were no documents related to the issue, and my case was closed. That's impossible. Alternative water supplies are very expensive, so there's a strong incentive to not overbuild. The SFPUC had a budget hearing on Monday, and we learned that utility rates are projected to increase dramatically in the coming years. It's imperative that the commission be presented with accurate water supply needs. Instead, SFPUC staff present false information to justify their opposition to the Bay Delta plan and other environmental regulations. My job is to protect the Tuolumne River and ratepayers. 
It's much harder to do this when the SFPUC withholds basic public information, so I hope you'll support my case. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have, and I thank you for the opportunity to make a statement, and I thank you for serving. Thank you, Mr. Dreckmeyer. Um, are there any parties to provide facts or evidence on behalf of the complainant? And seeing no additional hands, we will go ahead and move to the respondent. Um, so, uh, Victor, when you're ready, please let Ms. San know. Ms. San, you can proceed at your convenience. Hey, thank you, Victor. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, thank you for the opportunity to address the, the task force. Um, so, first, I'd just like to address uh, Mr. Dragmeyer's uh, general um, statements. So I wanted to clarify that like in the past year, I think my assessment was for year 2022. Um, Mr. Dreckmeyer submitted eight, I believe, public records requests to the, the PUC. Um, we released over 600 records to Mr. Dreckmeyer. So we are not trying to hide information. It's just that at times the information is privileged and that's just not available for public consumption. Um, in regard to the specific request that is now before the, the, the task force, we first got a request from um, Mr. Drakmeyer on January 21st, seeking the numbers that were behind our petition for consideration before the State Water Board. Um, we did provide to Mr. Drakmeyer, um, I believe Exhibit F, which was an attachment to that petition along with a table and all of the other materials were withheld um, under the attorney client uh, privilege and or um, attorney work product. After that first request on January 31st, Mr. Dragmeyer made a follow-up request asking for um, the raw data behind the exhibit app that was provided to him so this complaint relates to the January 31st um, request. Um, when this matter was scheduled to be heard by the full task force, I believe initially on the 25th, um, the BC further reviewed the uh, complaint and censuring request and this complaint, and we determined that we would produce the record to Mr. Drakmeyer. So accordingly, uh, an additional record was shared with Mr. Drakmeyer on January 19th. Um, so a couple weeks ago, um, Mr. Dreckmeyer did respond on January 30th um, to our additional or the, to the email that produced an additional record to him, um, and he asked for documents explaining how the the rationing figures were generated. Um, so in response to that, I did contact with staff that was more closely related to that work. And they explained that they did not prepare a narrative document that would accompany those um, the spreadsheet with like all the raw data. Uh, we only prepared those results and the summary table that were released to Mr. Dreckmeyer, um, as that information was included in our letter in our petition for reconsideration that was submitted to the State Water uh, Board. So both the results and the table were provided to Mr. Drakmeyer um, in January of last year in response to his first public records request. And the raw data that was requested was provided to Mr. Drakmeyer a couple weeks ago on January 19th. 
Um, at this point, uh, we believe we produced all responsive records. As I said, there are no narrative document explaining the raw data that was provided. Um, and the, the records were initially withheld because there was a pending um, procedure and still is, it's my understanding, procedure before the State Water Board and there's anticipated litigation related to all of that. And Mr. Drachmeyer is an adversary in that, in all of those procedures. So our initial um, idea was to protect that data that was produced to uh, aid the city attorney's office in a legal document that they were preparing. Um, however, we did release the raw data to Mr. Dreckmeyer on January 19th. Um, so we believe that the relief sought uh, has been granted to Mr. Dreckmeyer and um, I respectfully request that the complaint be dismissed since the record was at this point produced. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And are there any parties present to provide facts or evidence on behalf of the respondent? Not seen any hands, so we'll go ahead and open it up for members if you have any questions. Um, I see Member Pabinabin's hand up. Yes, thank you. Um, so I have a few questions for the respondent, Ms. Sa. Um, how was the data originally received or created? The raw data. Uh, what do you mean? Like in what format or? When was it created? Was it part of attorney client privilege at the, at the, at the time that it was being created? It was at the, the, um, I think they're called the modeling results, but the raw data was produced to uh, be used in this petition to the state water board. That's my understanding. Although, because I am not water staff, I was not part of that process. Um, under sex, uh, section 6724B2, um, which I will read to you, um, a record previously received or created by a department in the ordinary course of business that was not attorney-client privileged when it was previously received or created. So, um, so my question just is, you, so um, to claim privileged, uh, to claim that the data was privileged and to not release it to the petitioner, it should have been, it should have fallen within the guidelines of this, um, this clause, which says that it, um, it, uh, that it should be part of attorney client privilege when it was previously received or created. Uh, I'm sorry, what's your question? Was it? So my question was, um, when it was created. Or received, how was the data um, received? There was an ongoing, there was an ongoing. Uh, perceive a water quality certification proceeding before the state water board, which is what motivated um, uh, calculating those numbers to be used in PUC's petition for reconsideration before the state water board. And when did it fall under their purview of attorney client privilege? Well, um, every communication between PUC and 
their advising attorneys qualify as such. Um, if so, that there's the limit of it, right? If the staff was meeting with the attorneys to provide information needed to prepare a legal document that qualifies as privileged communications. Okay. Um, all right, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Member Pavnabin. I see um, Member Schmidt's hand up next, and then we'll go to Member Wolf. Yeah, uh, to the respondent, a uh, couple of uh, uh, questions. I want to ask about the. You're asserting attorney-client privilege, and I believe you're also asserting attorney work product. Is that correct? Uh, not to the the um, uh, attorney work product was not um, uh, exemption used in response to this specific public records request. It was used to Mr. Drackmeyer's first request, which is I don't believe before the the task force. Okay, so he so made two requests in January 2022. Okay, so so that's not that's not something we're dealing with here today. Attorney work product. I don't believe so. Okay. And when you uh, claim attorney client privilege, um, you, you're referring to uh, as the attorney here, you're referring to the city attorney's office and possibly an outside law firm. Is that correct? I am not familiar with who specifically advised the PUC on this matter, but my understanding is that it is always the city attorney's office that uh, advises us. I don't think we retain outside counsel for most um, matters. Okay. And so the attorney is the city attorney, uh, correct? That's my understanding. I, I can't confirm. Okay. And so you don't have, um, in, internal attorneys who are acting as legal counsel that you're treating as uh, attorneys to the privilege in this situation, correct? Yes, PUC does not have an attorney in its payroll. I call uh, I believe that's the structure of all of the city departments. Uh, all legal advice comes from the city attorney, city attorney's office. There's no like staff that is, uh, you know, acting as attorneys on behalf of PUC. There are a few. It's very rare. It's unusual, but it, it there are a few cases of that. But I understand that that's generally the pattern. Yes. Uh, but the 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 documents that. Um, you're asserting a privilege over in this case they're not they're not solely in the hands of the city attorney's office at this time are they um what do you mean by in the hands of city attorney's where, office where are the documents that you're you've refused to produce to Mr. well well, um, first, the documents were produced to Peter Dreckmeyer on the 19th. Um, the ones that were not produced. The ones that you, you're 
Revolution. Where are they? Uh, with the State Water Board. Right, they're part of a petition for reconsideration before the so, State Water Board. Okay, so you you send all your originals, copies, etc. They're all at the State Water Board. You didn't keep copies in your office, right? Is that what you said? I I no I don't know I am not familiar with all the retention uh, proceedings that guide each class of documents that the water enterprise creates. So I sure. I couldn't say if we still have a version of that in our documents. Well, if if you are saying that you can't produce documents because they're privileged, there must be documents that you're actually asserting a privilege of. Correct. I, I'm not sure, quite sure. It, it sounds like you're saying they're all at the state water board, but what is it that's you're not producing if you don't have them? Well, at this point, we've produced the raw data to Mr. Drachmeyer. We do not have a narrative explanation that would go along with that spreadsheet. That's what I said. We don't have. We don't have anything other than the raw data um, and the, the exhibit F, I believe, that was provided to Mr. Eckmeyer a while back. And you believe you've produced all raw data to data to Mr. Eckmeyer? Yes, on the 19th. Okay, and Mr. Eckmeyer, you didn't get the raw data, did you? You know, what I was sent to me was a spreadsheet that had a whole bunch of numbers that were irrelevant. Maybe some of them were, but they weren't pulled out and there are no calculations. So what the SFPUC staff does, you can basically manufacture any numbers depending on what kind of formula you use. So for example, they have something called the design drought. It combines the two worst droughts of the last century, 87 to 92, followed by 76, 77. And then they use contractual obligations that are really high, but they use them as actual demand. And we've caught them when they're working on their urban water management plan and they were first forced to change those. So by extending the length of your planning drought and by inflating demand projections, you can come up with any number. Um, I can come up with zero rationing, which most other water agencies would adopt because it fits very nicely into the formula presented by the state. So I, there are some other things I wanted to respond to, but what I received recently, it was maybe four or five days ago, of, I'm sorry, before the original hearing. And it was obviously an attempt to say, look, we provided data, but it was totally useless. There are no calculations. And what happens is modelers- you, you just got something new four or five days ago? It, it was a- a Excel spreadsheet with a lot of numbers, totally useless. No one would be able to, to do anything. We're talking about here today, correct? Well, it was just claimed that I did receive a response and with a question of, will you drop your complaint? And I said, this doesn't help me at all. Okay. You know, you, there must be a narrative. Okay. Got it. Got it. And, and so they're still giving you documents, but you still haven't gotten the, the, the documents that you believe would contain the calculations, correct? No, my original request, the first one in January, I cited some documents and I said, please send me how you came up with these numbers. Send me all the documents. 
what I got was the documents I had referenced. And so I sent yeah. clarifications. I want to know how you got here. Yeah. Because someone there them. creates numbers and it sounds like they're just manufactured out of thin air. And then they go to the city's attorney's office for uh, lawsuits and such. They go to other staff members to present to the commissioners. And I'm saying, hey, if these numbers are legitimate, show us how you came to them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you there. I think I, I got, uh, you'll have a chance for a brief rebuttal, but I think I got my answers to my questions for you, sir. Uh, thank you, no more questions. Thank you, Member Schmidt. Um, Member Wolf. Yeah, I've got a, a slew of questions here. I'll try to keep them as brief as possible. Um, for uh, the petitioner, Mr. Druckmeyer, um, so when you asked for uh, raw data, um, you you made some references. You stated that uh, you received the records of the references and not the actual uh, records that you um, that you were actually looking for. Is that correct? They sent me the numbers that they sent to the state water board. And what I asked for is how did you come up with these numbers? Send me the data and the calculations, and they never responded to that. Um, and would those would that data and uh, calculations be usually available on uh, as a as a record as a written record uh, that would be disclosable, or would this have to be something like custom, uh, you know, custom made? Uh, uh, for you specifically? Well, there are a lot of reports that are generated by certain staff members, depending on their role, and that will have numbers in them. And the question is, where did they get those numbers? They must come from their modeler. They have a sophisticated model. They put in numbers, they churn them through, and they come up with numbers. So there must be documents that the modeler sends to the other staff and says, here are the numbers you need to use. And here's how they were calculated. Okay, thank you. And uh, for Ms. Sue, um, are you familiar with this um, modeling uh, process or uh, procedure? I'm sorry, is the question to me? Please yes. Um, I, am not, uh, I am not familiar, but what I'd like to say is that the request was for the raw data and the raw data was produced. And public record laws, both the state law and the central ordinance do not require agencies to create records to respond to a request. So we did produce the raw data. The fact that there was no description of the raw data is just within the bounds of what we were required to produce under the central ordinance. Uh, but didn't didn't um, uh, Mr. Druckmeyer uh, clarify what he was looking for when what you sent wasn't what he requested? So the request is for the raw data behind an exhibit produced to the, to the state water board. We provided the actual raw data that was Didn't he, he, he just testified, he just testified that, um, that uh, he clarified that he was looking for the calculations on how that raw data uh, uh, was uh, uh, analyzed and processed. Is that not correct? We produced the raw data, which was what was requested, right? We are not required to 
start a new analysis and create a record to respond to a request for calculations that Right. Okay. So let me so let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you this: Did you do it? Do you provide the state water board with just the raw data and and no analysis? No, we provided to the state water board uh, the results of that raw data, which was what initially released to Mr. Drakmeier in January of 2022 in response to his first request. And did and he not? Did he not ask for? how you came to the results of that raw data? I think the request was for the, the, the um, documents that informed the rationing of 75 to 90% or something like that. Um, and then we provided the results of the analysis. So I my understanding is that it was kind of like backwards because we provided the results first and then we got the follow-up request for the raw data that was produced on the 19th. Okay, so reading reading in the record, it states that, um, and I'll quote um, uh, uh, Mr. Drakmeyer, uh, quote, request all documents produced or used by the SFPUC to determine the rationing figures of 75% to 90% cited in the city and county of San Francisco's petition for reconsideration, unquote. Did you provide them with the with how you came to that determination? We provided the results and then the raw data, and you, that's but you didn't provide them. But how do you? So you 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 don't have a way. It's okay. So I'm I'm not quite understanding, Mr. Dreckmeyer. I'm not quite understanding what it sounds like. They have certain documents. You're asking for something that they may not have. Well, Can you clarify raw data has been a little bit misused here. So raw data is input numbers that then get run through a model and then you get the output numbers. And that's what was shared with the state water board. So I requested for the, the data used, what numbers did you use and how did you calculate these numbers? And what I was sent was the output numbers. And what I'm hearing is that they basically invented those output numbers, that they didn't run numbers through a model, but it's almost like they guessed at them. Otherwise, they would have documents saying, here's what we did, which we always have to do when we present to the commission. We have to walk them through, here are the numbers we used, here are the calculations, we came out with different numbers than your staff, Let's investigate this. So they didn't respond to my requests in January of 2022. They basically just sent me some documents and said, you know, we've responded. And in this recent thing, there was an Excel spreadsheet that wasn't even related to this. It had thousands of numbers in it. Um, there was no explanation of which numbers they used and what assumptions they made. They Gave me nothing. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm going to move on to other questions um, in the essence of time here. Um, uh, Ms. Um, um, admit, uh, you stated that you didn't know how 
the records that were being requested were uh, how they say didn't know how they were uh, going to be how the uh, Mr. Druckmeyer was going to be using the information. Okay, what what do, I, I'm not quite understanding that. Do you believe that the records you create possess or are custodian of or the sole property of the PUC? Is that how uh, the PUC views the documents? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that. No, not at all. Like, uh, they're public records, right? As, as soon as a, uh, an assessment was made that they were not privileged, that that's the end of it, right? That's the only um, reason for which they were withheld at first. Okay. Nothing beyond that. So you... You believe that all records are public records in the possession of the of the public utilities record commission. Well, as, as long as no exemptions apply. Okay, yes. great. Um, and, um, and I think um, member Padmanabhan uh, uh, went over well, whether the, any of these documents were uh, in fact uh, uh, in litigation or not at the time. I think the answer was no. Um, you said that sometimes the records are privileged. What do, what do you mean by that? Uh, just to clarify, we do anticipate litigation related to that and the proceeding before the state board, the state water board is still ongoing. Okay, and uh, if you, uh, if there was anticipated litigation, did you uh, get a, a positive um, uh, a recommendation or advice from legal counsel on the record as to such? Um, well, before appearing tonight, before all, all of you, I did ask the city attorney if the litigation had started. Um, they said that not yet, and the proceeding before the state water board is still ongoing. Okay, so uh, my uh, is that proceeding a a a, uh, a court uh, proceeding, or is it administrative, a judicial or administrative? Uh, administrative. Administrative. State water board. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, under what conditions would records be considered privileged then at the point? And uh, there, well, and if there and if there's any law or code citing it that the that these records would be privileged. Well, the regular. Um, I do not know the 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 California Public Records Act. Uh, provisions on top of my head, especially now that all the numbers changed. Um, but um, the common exemptions um, under privilege, although we have assessed that the record could be released and was released to Peter Drachmeyer, um, although I understand that he was, um, it was not what he was uh, looking for, but the raw data has been at this point, we are not asserting privilege over the raw data. We provided that to him on the 19th. Uh, but that was the, our original assessment was due to this state water board proceeding. Okay, thank you. I'll stop there. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Okay, thank you, Member Wolf. Uh, Member Highland. Yes, uh, Mr. Drekmar, uh, a quick question for you. Um, so. Let's assume that this particular um, calculation is part of the reconsideration, therefore it is privileged. Have you received similar calculations in the past for other PUC 
uh, decisions or rationales or percentages. Yeah, let me get right to that. I did want to mention that the numbers I'm trying to get, the calculations for 75 to 90% rationing, those numbers were included in what's called a petition for reconsideration that was submitted to the State Water Board in January of 2021. The Later on, the SFPUC sued the State Water Board, maybe four or five months later, and we have not sued anyone in this situation. We haven't intended to. Um, so I just want to clarify that. What happened is following the issuance of the Bay Delta Water Quality Control Plan, a draft in 2016, the SFPUC's general manager at the time submitted an op-ed to the Chronicle, which was printed, that had enormous potential economic impacts of this plan, obviously intended to scare people. What they, those numbers came from a 2009 study done hastily for a, a proceeding. And the same author of that fleshed it out over a five-year period, came out with a new study in 2014 called a draft. And the numbers, those numbers weren't used from 2014. They used the 2009 numbers. And we asked, well, why didn't you use the most recent numbers? And the explanation was, well, that's a draft report and the 2009 was a final report, but this draft report was fleshing out the numbers that they came up with in 2009, and they were two and a half times lower. So what we started doing is looking into how, what are, what are these impacts of the Bay Delta plan? And we requested the raw data for, you know, what were San Francisco's water entitlements during those de design drought years that I explained. And they didn't give us the information. Um, we got a commissioner involved and uh, we ended up getting the information. So we were able to actually create our own model and we could play with, well, what is demand? And what if we took a year off of this design drought? And we found that there, there's really not a risk of running out of water. So the SFPUC keeps manufacturing other reasons for, well, this could go wrong, that could go wrong. And with this water quality certification, all of a sudden rationing was up to 75 to 90%. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but that- Let me, let me, let me ask, then, yeah, let me ask you, let me cut you off there. Let me ask you a different way. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to locate a document that is outside of this um, particular case that you've gotten before. In other words, is there a template for how they calculate it? Yeah, it sounds like there isn't. It sounds like you know there there was a 2009 uh, attempt, which was then formalized in 2014 as a draft, etc. But um, now the respondent is correct. We can't compel a document that doesn't exist. However, it begs the question, surely such a document must exist for this important uh, a, a consideration or, or a number that, that has so many you know, potential impacts. And I think that's your position. Now, um, you mentioned that you had a commissioner help you and you guys had your own calculator, which 
you then be able to run some numbers and that some form of that calculator was then used by the PUC staff. Is it, did I read that correctly? And if so, maybe that's, you know, that uh, in-house document or in-house calculation or flow, whatever it is, is, is what you're after. Am I getting warm? You are getting warm. So we created our own water supply calculator and we started sharing results with the commissioners. Two years later, a commissioner requested that his staff produce their own, what he called a water supply worksheet, which do, does similar things. And then we had a, a hearing, or I'm sorry, a workshop where we got to present and the SFPUC staff got to present. And everyone became a lot clearer on how did the SFPUC come up with its numbers and how do we come up with ours and where are the differences? And those are the issues we need to focus on. So. In 2017, I was given one sheet that said, here are the numbers that you need for your calculator. And then we knew what the model looked like. We knew that it was this eight year drought. We knew since it happened in the past, we knew what the water entitlements were for those years, but we could plug in different rationing figures or different uh, demand projections. And so it became very useful. Now they have all sorts of models and they have this worksheet. So they must have done something to come up with these rationing figures. And what I want to, I want them to show their work. If, if you stand by these numbers of 70, 90, 75 to 90%, show us how you got there. Okay. So I, let me ask you this before they came up with the 75, 90 number. Did they come up with another number, which they're now appealing for reconsideration? And if so, did you ask them for the calculation for that number prior to this so-called court, you know, this, this legal proceedings? Uh, good questions, and it's a little bit difficult to understand, but the, for the Bay Delta plan, so this is starting back in 2016, they came out of the gate saying this could result in 50% rationing. And so we looked into it and it's like, that is extreme, it's overkill. Here's how you can make it 0% rationing, which we think is very reasonable. This water quality certification we're talking about now, all of a sudden came out with 75 to 90% rationing. And what was your question? So my question is, when they came out with that 50% number, did you get to the bottom of how they got came to that number? Did you get the data? The, the, the calculations used and the result, all three steps. And if you did, do, do you have that, did you ever, does that document or that series of documents uh, or worksheet, as you called it, does that exist? So what happened is they came out with these numbers 50% rationing. We produced our water supply calculator and said, how do you get there? We see zero rationing. And then they said, well, we're planning for the design drought. And a year ago, they did a climate change study, three quarters of a million dollars. And with 100 years of observed data, with 1,100 years of tree ring data and 25,000 simulated model runs, they couldn't produce a drought as severe as the design drought. But that's their planning tool. So here's an example of what happens. In probably January of 2021, the SFPUC sent 
data to their wholesale customers in San Mateo, Santa Clara, and Alameda counties. And they basically, it was for their use in their urban water management plans. And it essentially said the Bay Delta plan would result in 55% rationing. So we took the information that was available and we had to reverse run it through our water supply calculator. And we found that what they were using for current demand at the time was 265 million gallons per day when actual demand at the time was 195. Let me stop you right there. So how, what document was that information in? That was an urban water, it was for use in urban water management plans. Okay, so Mr. Dreckmeyer, we're, we're trying to establish, first of all, is there, do these documents exist, right? Uh, or is it a series of documents that they kind of throw up in the air and then it lands and they come up with the number, right? And then we have to determine, are they privileged? So help us identify if these documents exist, because I'm, I'm not sure, based on the way you're saying it, you have the calculator, you have the worksheet, but I'm not convinced. I haven't heard from you or anyone that they actually have one. So let's start with that. That's that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. If we can determine that they have a document that they've used in 2015, 17, 19, 21, well, that kind of leads us to believe that, yes, they are actually using another document now in, in 2023. And then we get into the discussion of whether that's privileged or not. But um, if you could help us identify whether such a document or documents uh, or worksheets exist that really help us here. Well, I'll make it simple. Either documents exist or they made up numbers. I can't say which one is correct, but I cannot imagine a public utility making up numbers and submitting them to the state water board. Now, unfortunately, we can't get into the nuances of that. What we can help you with is if we can see that those documents did exist in prior years, you know, then we can get to the root of whether we can, you know, request that document for you for current, you know, for this current uh, year and this current calculations. So I'm not hearing from you that you've ever gotten hold of any worksheets that you're asking for now. Is that correct? They have a, what's the equivalent of our water supply calculator that they call a water supply worksheet. That was designed for the Bay Delta Water Quality Control Plan. Um, it would have be you ever, easy enough. Have you ever requested that? Ever received that? That worksheet we received, yeah, different runs through that, and they were featured in a, a workshop at the PUC in March of 2021. Sorry, can you repeat that about receiving that particular worksheet? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? You know, have you ever received such a worksheet for prior years so the worksheet there was a workshop on how to use it in january You're breaking 2021. Up can you hear me better now okay start again we can hear you now so have you ever received okay. that worksheet the sfqc's water supply worksheet uh, they had a, a workshop in january 2021 so everyone could understand how it worked and you could decide what numbers to put in to a degree. So the SFPUC used their worksheet to produce output for a workshop 
in March of 2021. So yes, those documents exist for that. And they were basically forced to show their work because a commissioner got involved who happened to be the former general manager. Okay, so you have a worksheet from January 2021. And you look at that same worksheet for this current forecast of 75 to 90%. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's it for me. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Member Highland. Uh, Member Padmanabhan? Um, so this is a question for um, Missa. Um, so you mentioned earlier that um, you provided raw data without any narrative. What kind of narrative are we talking about here? I I am not aware. Um, I do know that Mr. Dreckmeyer responded to the email that provided the raw data saying this is not helpful. I need some narrative to explain that. And I asked, I asked uh, water staff if that, if that existed and they said that that was not prepared in this specific instance. Um, so what existed were the results that were released to Mr. Dreckmeyer at first and then the, the, the spreadsheet that contains the raw data. Okay, and then so one more question. Um, are you aware of a worksheet that exists that I, would be used for um, such calculations? I am not. Um, this um, this uh, worksheet that Mr. Reckmeyer referenced, I am the manager for the PUC Citizens Advisory Committee. I recall that that was presented to the Citizens Advisory Committee a couple of years ago. So I know that that exists, but I, if I remember correctly, it's just a modeling tool that you can fully play with. So you can add numbers, right? Like you can decide how, your water supplies and how you're gonna use that. Um, I don't know if that was used for this specific um, water quality certification, which is, I believe the name of the, 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 the legal document that PUC had to present to the state water board. Okay, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, thank you, Member Padmanabhan. Uh, Member Wolf, did you have your hand up again? Yes, I have two quick questions for the respondent. Uh, and thank you, uh, other members, for your very good questions um, also. Um, um, so are, is the SFPC required to produce the worksheet with your submission to the State Supervising Commission Board or Agency? do not know. Okay. And do you know if the submission that you that's in question here that Mr. Druckmeyer is concerned about, is that the same format that you uh, provided the last time uh, it was requested or required to be submitted? Uh, what do you mean by last time? Can you please clarify? Well, do you, do you have to pr provide this data or this information to the uh, supervising state uh, board uh, on a regular basis? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, but if I could clarify, Mr. Drachmeyer's request was for the raw data behind the table and exhibit that were provided to him previously. And 
the request was very narrow, right? The request that is before the Sunshine uh, Task Force. The request was, I would like to see the raw data behind the table and exhibit that were provided in response to my other request. And this is the raw data that was provided. So I, I am not familiar with the ins and outs of the <laughs> raw data, but in the matter of fact is the raw data behind the results were produced to Mr. Drakmeyer on the 19th. Well, as it, as Mr. Drakmeyer has testified, and it's in the, in the record, he was asking for how the raw data or the results of the raw data, um, you know, those numbers uh, got on paper. Mm -hmm. And not yeah. just, you know, just not raw data is, you know, if you send raw mm -hmm. data to a commission, are they going to do all the calculations to figure out what's going on? Or do you provide them with some sort of analysis? And if you provide them with some sort of analysis, that sounds like what Mr. Druckmeyer was asking for is how you went about that analysis. I would assume that the analysis was part of the petition for reconsideration in this specific case, right? This was not a presentation to the commission. This was a petition for reconsideration to the state water board. So I would assume whatever uh, explanation behind the analysis was part of that. And as I said before, the results of the analysis were provided to the state water board and to Mr. Drachmeyer um, in January of last year. Right, and so I think he's again, he was asking for how you came to that to those results. What was the process? What were the calculations? Did you use a worksheet? And I think that's what everybody here is trying to ascertain is uh, basically exactly what he is asking for. Mm -hmm. When Mr. Dragmeyer responded to the email that provided the, the spreadsheet with the raw data, staff said that no additional narrative was produced at that moment so my understanding is that the only document that exists is the raw data like there's there's no worksheet no narrative document to support those numbers okay thank you very much uh, uh, i'll stop there mr chair okay thank you member wolf um member highland did you have your hand up again Okay, guessing not. Um, don't see any other hands. Are we ready for rebuttals, members? Not seeing any objection. Okay, let's go ahead and move to rebuttals. Um, so in this uh, portion, we'll have the respondent go first for three minutes, followed by the complainant for three minutes. So, Victor, when you're ready, can you please let Ms. San know? Yes, uh, Ms. San, you may proceed at your convenience. Thank you. Um, I think we kind of like went over <laughs> all of the arguments already, but uh, I just like to point out that the PUC and and myself as the public records uh, senior analyst, we we strongly support the policies of the Public Records Act and such an ordinance. Um, we try to respond to the best of our abilities to all the 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 requests that we get. Um, as I said before, like, you know, Mr. Drugmeyer often makes public records requests. I route them to the appropriate staff immediately. And whenever those records are available, we do produce them um, to Mr. Drugmeyer and to 
uh, all requesters. In this specific case, I, I understand that there are some nuances to this, but the, the request made in January 31st of 2022 was very specific and very narrow. Um, Mr. Dragmeier was uh, requested the raw data behind Exhibit F and Table B um, that accompanied our um, petition for reconsideration. Um, at first, we withheld that information because it was privileged, because there was that ongoing administrative proceeding. But however, after further assessment, we decided to release that information to Mr. Drachmeyer and the very sp specific record that was requested, the raw data behind the results uh, that were provided to the State Water Board were then released to Mr. Drachmeyer in this um, spreadsheet uh, Excel format. So we do believe that the relief, the SOD and the document he was requesting in the request that's now before this uh, so this committee was provided um, to him. Um, there's nothing else to produce at this point when Mr. Drachmeyer responded saying that he would like to see the narrative that would explain all those numbers. Um, I asked staff if that was available and they said that that was not something that was produced in this particular instance. All of the, the requests were evolving around the State Water Board um, petition, and um, the record that exists was produced. There's no further record that we can produce at this point. Um, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Sa. And um, Victor, when you're ready, please let Mr. Dreckmeyer know so that he can be begin his rebuttal. You may begin, Mr. Dreckmeyer. Thank you. First of all, I know Ms. Saw from other forums, and I like her and respect her, and I feel bad for her that she's put in the position of defending the SFPUC in this case, um, which has not involved her and she's not familiar with, except for whatever preparation she did for tonight. And I actually feel sorry for a lot of SFPUC employees who are put in position where they have to bend the truth. And when I talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, I, I find that they were just given numbers and then I try to come up with how were these numbers calculated and I get the runaround. So my request was not just for raw data, it was for data and calculations used to produce these numbers. And in my requests, I try to explain, here's what I'm trying to figure out. So that's very clear what I'm looking for. Uh, there's a modeler at the SFPUC who, when he wants to, can be very clear in information he provides output. Um, there will be sentences about, this is what I use for this column, this is what I use, these are the calculations. So I can look through that and I know exactly how he came out with numbers. And I think there's something like this here, otherwise they just invented the numbers that they sent to the State Water Board. This information I got a couple weeks ago, it was not related to my request at all. It was basically numbers associated with their watersheds in the Bay Area, in the Tuolumne. Uh, there was no reference to, these are the numbers we used. And there was no reference to 75 to 90% rationing. 
the only reason I was given that information was that the SFPUC could come today and say, we gave him the data and that's just wrong. It's dishonest. They had a year to produce that. And then we could have a conversation and saying, well, you know, how did we, how did you get there? And we could have meetings and they could have explained it. But the fact that they sent it four or five days before when we were initially going to hear this case suggests to me that the only reason was to say we provided something. I wish I could show you what they sent me because you'd agree. It's like, what do we make of these numbers? They're just numbers. We don't know which ones to use. We don't know how they were used. So I feel very confident about my case and, you know, a positive uh, vote on your part, I think would really help all the Hetch Hetchy customers reduce their rates and feel good that we're doing something for the environment. The Tuolumne has the worst salmon run in the state of California and at San Francisco's river. Speaker time has elapsed. Okay, thank you both. Um, members, it's with us to deliberate now. Um, I had one quick question for Ms. Sa based on something that she said in her rebuttal. Um, Ms. Sa, are, are you asserting that at this point there are no documents or are you still saying that there are documents with the attorney-client privilege? I guess that wasn't clear to me because it sounds like you turned something over. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Ago, so are there still additional documents that you're asserting the attorney-client privilege for? Uh, so specifically, after releasing the spreadsheet to Mr. Drackmeyer, he replied to that email saying that, you know, that he needed some narrative that explained those numbers. Um, and that email was sent to me to address it as a new public records request, right? A follow up to that spreadsheet. And the response I got from staff is that such document does not exist. Um, so that's where we're at. Let's. The privilege invoked initially was superseded by PC's decision to then produce the data. Um, so that's right. Like we, that's no longer relevant. We did provide the data, and then so, so just to just to clear, so just just so I get it straight here. So was it initially you asserted attorney-client privilege, but subsequently turned over those documents that you asserted those privilege on? And are now stating that just no further documents exist that would meet his request. Is that accurate summary of, of the timeline? Uh, yeah, I don't know if no other documents exist. I know that a narrative document that would explain the spreadsheet does not exist because that's armed with uh, Mr. Reckmary's email. I asked staff if, it was the, if there was anything else that we should provide. If we are, were to uh, treat that as a new public records request, right? And the response I got was that a narrative to break down the numbers in a spreadsheet was not produced. So we do not have a record to support that spreadsheet. Okay, so so, so just going back to the original request, right? The, the one that was initially made. I'm mm -hmm. just trying to figure out, are, are there any documents still being withheld that you're saying that, that there's an attorney-client privilege? Or are you saying that now... Everything that was responsive to his initial request has been turned over. And if he's asking for some additional stuff that you're saying that those documents just simply do not exist. Is that accurate? Or are there still any documents from the original request that you're withholding based on attorney client privilege? Um, can I read the, the relevant part of the request to you? I think that might be helpful. 
so we initially released Exhibit F and a table table two to Mr. Drachmeyer, and then the request we received was um, the SFPUC, well, the relevant portion. The SFPUC could not have produced table two without raw data. Please send me the figures used to determine the results in table two of the document. So the request was for raw data, and the raw data was produced in the Excel spreadsheet um, that Mr. Drachmeyer um, said that it, on its own wouldn't make sense, uh, that there should be a narrative document attached. Okay, Ms. Uh, so maybe it would help to do, to do this. I'm, I'm, if you look at the attached file, I'm looking at the letter that you sent to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force dated March mm -hmm. 17th, 2022. And this is, um, looks like PDF page 29 or 160 at the bottom. And I'm looking at the, <clears throat> the, the last paragraph there, it starts with response in bold and it says, the records complainant sought in his January 31st, 2022 public records act request exclusively provide a comprise privileged and confidential communications between SFPUC and the San Francisco City's Attorney's Office. As such, the records and questions are exempt from disclosure pursuant to government code section 6254K, and then it goes mm -hmm. up. So my question is, are you still asserting that response, or are you saying that those documents that you initially asserted that response on have now been turned over? The documents have been turned over to Mr. Drackmeyer. Okay, so we're no longer dealing with a an attorney-client privilege case, we're dealing with a question of do even any documents exist? Got it. Okay. That's right. We invoked privilege and after further assessment, decided to uh, share those documents with Mr. Drackmeyer. Okay, thank you. All right, I'm sorry, members, that was that was just a, something that was confusing me there. I'll turn it over to, to all of you. Uh, Mr. Chair, uh, just a point of clarification. Can someone point me to the uh, request, the original request to the PUC that Mr. Druckmeyer uh, made? Is that in the record here? Yeah, I'd seen it. It, it looks like it is um, PDF page. I'm assuming this one is PDF page seven or 138 at the bottom. Stated January 31st, 2022. Wait, I'm sorry, that's the follow up. The, the initial. Oh, yes. Okay. I got it. And maybe, maybe the 1 above it. I'm sorry. My PDF page 6 looks like it was the initial one, January 31st. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Uh, Member Schmidt. Yeah, on this last little, um. It, 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 this last point, um. The, at our committee. It was all about attorney-client privilege. Um, in the briefing that came in to this, it was all about attorney-client privilege. Um, and I think that I can only think that it's a confused answer to say that there are no further documents that would come within the scope of this request. It doesn't make any sense to me. And with all due respect to Ms. Stowe, I'm not going to buy that. Uh, I think that this whole case has, has been and continues to be about documents that were withheld based on a privilege. And in my opinion, uh, there's no conclusion 
I can come to other than these are not privileged documents. There's no, uh, it doesn't make any sense uh, to me whether or not uh, we can like see the documents. I think we can figure this one out. But but the, this last idea that, that there's no further like assertion of a privilege. I don't, I, it just, there's so many different versions of what I'm hearing here. I have to take one of them and that's not the one I'm gonna take. That's all. Thank you, Member Schmidt. Uh, Member Pavanabhan. Um, yeah, I, I actually do agree with Member Schmidt. Um, and that's also because in their letter that you read, um, Chair Yankee, um, the word exclusively comprised privilege and confidential um, communications was mentioned. And um, so they have selectively um, decided that the originally the original request is for raw data, but when we look at the original request, it very clearly says raw data and um, you know documents produced or used by the SFPUC to determine the rationing figures. So I I think there is the records must exist because they did not contest that at that point of time. Thank you, Member Padmanabhan. Yeah. Uh, Member Stein. Yeah, um, I'm kind of of a similar mindset um, in part because you know as someone who's done a lot of research and has produced numbers for different things. You know, you have to be able to explain to people what those numbers mean. And if you don't even have notes on what those numbers mean or what the assumptions were behind them or where the, um, you know, initial figures that you're processing came from, um, you can't really do that explanation. And maybe there isn't a worksheet per se, but it's hard to believe that there's not supplement. I mean, it's like almost for me impossible to believe that there's not supplementary documents somewhere that helped people decide, you know, what data goes in here, what is, you know, what does this data mean in these different columns and all of that, even if it's just for the purpose of them being able to, um, you know, explain it to each other and to explain it to whoever the documents are prepared for. Um, and so for that reason, I, I'm having a hard time understanding how there could just be a set of numbers with no explanation of where those numbers came from. You know, and maybe it's not a worksheet, but there's gotta be other materials there. And I think that the request is written in a way that's broad enough to incorporate those materials. Thank you, Member Stein. Yeah, I, I you know, my personal opinion is, is pretty much the same, you know, as you articulated, Member Stein. It, it seems kind of odd that there would just be this set of numbers, but no procedural manual, no set of instructions between staff. It, it just seems kind of odd that nothing further would suddenly exist. And I agree with Member Schmidt that it seems odd that 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 up until this point we had a considerable it sounds like considerable discussion about attorney-client privilege on a variety of documents that suddenly now those no longer exist or or somehow disappear. It just, it just seems rather odd to me. So, members, did we we have a motion on this one? And I'd probably suggest that in a motion, we, if we think there are further documents that still exist, we should probably include some type of order along with the, the motion as well. 
This is Member Stein, I guess I can say um, I would move to find a violation of 67.21B for failing to release records in a timely manner and order that any documents that would help explain the numbers that were used in the water rationing calculation be provided. Okay, thank you, Member Stein. Do we have a second on that motion? This is Member Padmanabhan, and I will second that motion. Okay, so moved by Member Stein, second by Member Padmanabhan. Um, I see Member LaHood's hand. I think I see Member Hill's hand also. So, Member LaHood? Uh, yeah, one tiny wording suggestion. I would say records, not documents, since it seems that some of the discussion may have happened in email, and I think just to make sure we say records so the search is broad enough. I'll amend that. I'm amen I'm amenable to that. <laughs> okay, so I guess it sounds like uh, Member Stein is going to restate her motion using records instead of documents. And and Member Padmanabhan, are you still want to second that? Yes. Okay. So Victor, do you have that change? Uh, yes. Um, I would like to ask if you could uh, repeat that last portion where uh, they are ordered to that records related to what exactly. I didn't catch that last part. Uh, any records that would help explain the data that was provided in, in the water calculation numbers. Are you all set, Victor? Okay, I do have that. And, okay, did you want to refer that to any committee or? I, I have two versions. Sorry. Uh, Member Stein, uh, first I heard you say that would explain the calculations. And that's what I thought you meant. And then you just said explain the data. Well, explain the water calculation numbers. Okay. Okay. Water Thank rationing you. calculation numbers. Calculation numbers. Thank you. Okay, so so Victor, it's water rationing calculation numbers. <clears throat> okay, um, I think I saw Member Hill's hand next. Thank you, Chair Yankee. Um, I I I also just <laughs> I, I I would like to uh, also request that we think about that that wording as well because I I I, I fear that like we're um, we're splitting hairs over the terminology of what's being delivered as well. So I, 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 I share a member of Hood's concern. Um, um, uh, I, cause for, for me, I feel like that, the, that, that it's the actual calculations themselves. Um, and that might be in the form of a spreadsheet, um, or some other file, you know, so, and it might also be in the form of, of, of applications or something like that, you know, so I just want to make sure that like that everyone feels comfortable about the coverage of using that or of using words like document, um, uh, you know, or, um, you know, file or something like that, because I, I just want to, I, I want to make sure that, that the request isn't, um, you know, uh, received as, Oh, if there's a file that exists, um, uh, you know, if there were any emails 
um, uh, that explained uh, what what went into um, uh, you know the, the the calculation of those results. I think that that should be included in as well. Um, if uh, if a if a if a if an application is used, um, I think that there should be some explanation provided as well. I just think that everyone here is looking for um, a, a, a complete understanding of how someone gets from raw data to final results and everything that happens in between. And so I I, I think that there just needs to be a, 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 a like does everyone feel comfortable <laughs> that um, uh, that the motion as it stands um, uh, will not ha will not include any sort of like loophole that would allow um, you know someone to respond back and say sorry there's no actual document um, you know there might be a file that exists there might be emails that exist there might be an application that exists um, uh, you know the, but uh, but we need to provide. Um, uh, make sure that like, that the request in this motion covers that as well. I'm not exactly sure how, uh, if there's any other further clarification that would be needed in order to make sure that this request is comprehensive. Member Hill, and I think we, I think Member Stein changed it to record to be all encompassing. Um, so it was well, just- Or we could say any materials that help explain the rationing, the water rationing calculation numbers, um, you know, or any records or materials. Worksheets. Well, that's a material. Applications, emails. Those yep. are all materials to yeah, me. I, I think those would all be public records, um, broadly speaking. So I think member, personally speaking, I think member Hood's suggestion to, you know, change it to records gives it that that full breadth of of uh, uh, coverage that we want. So that there's no loophole, which I think is an excellent point, Member Hill. Um, and then, uh, um, right before we move on, I know uh, Member Wolf has his hand up. Um, Member Stein, did we want to also include a referral to a committee to make sure that these are, you know, that this is followed through on? Did we want to include a, a referral to, let's say, compliance and amendments? Okay, and re and refer <laughs> and refer to compliance and amendments um, for follow up. Great. And that's okay with you, Member Pabinavan? Yes, it is. Okay, and Victor, you got that? Uh, yes, I will repeat. Uh, uh, just to summarize, it's a uh, motion to fine the SFPUC in violation of 67.21B by failing to provide records in a timely manner. And uh, we are going to refer this to compliance and amendments to follow up on the order that any records related. That would help explain the water rationing calculation numbers be provided. Okay, thank you. Release, to order the release of any records, right? You cut out for me, so I'm just trying to make sure that's what I heard. Okay, I will add uh, the release. All uh, in the order to release any records that would help explain the water rationing calculation numbers. Okay. Okay, I see member Wolf. Um, I'll let you jump in here. Yeah, just another uh, picky point. I would use the language of the ordinance, public record or public information. To release any public records or public information? Correct. Okay. That's how it's stated in 6721. Okay. I will accept that amendment as well. So, Victor, 
to refer to cleaning it up compliance and amendments for follow up on the order to release any public records or public information that would help explain the water rationing calculation numbers. Okay, uh, I am. <clears throat> uh, order the release of any public records or public information that would help explain the water rationing calculation numbers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just. Yeah, I was just going to say, just to be clear to the respondent, it's not that there has to be 1 document where the whole narrative is laid out. It's just anything that went into the preparation of. That data essentially. We'll share that with staff. Thank you. Okay, uh, member Hill member Wolf. I see your hands up for those leftovers or those new hands. New. New. Okay. Member Wolf. So, just real quick, just, I think it's pertinent to say member Highland alluded to it. Um, the, uh, petitioner had suggested that, uh, the agency may have made up numbers, uh, whether they had made up numbers or not is not in this task forces purview, but seems like something that the supervising agency board of commission, uh, to be concerned about no less if it was a, against the law in any kind of way, a court of law. Uh, and so it's trying to seek any kind of, uh, of uh, remedy or, or, uh, security from the sunshine task force, uh, you know, wouldn't be with, it wouldn't be within our purview to do. I think it's worthwhile uh, to say, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Member Wolf. I don't see any other hands, so I think we're safe to move to public comment at this point. So, Victor, when you are ready. Yes, if there's any members of the public who would like to make public comment on this matter, you can press star three to raise your hand at this time. Um, I'm going to unmute our first caller in just a moment. Sullivan. So, I, I really agree with the whole thing about having public records and public information. They're both in the Sunshine Ordinance and the California Public Records Act. Okay, to, to uh, going to California Public Record Act 6254.9A, computer software developed by a state or local agency in itself is not public record under this chapter. B, what did he define computer software includes computer mapping systems, computer programs, and computer graphic systems. So, anything like that. But if you go down to D, it says nothing in this section is intended to affect the public record status of information merely because it is stored in a computer. These would be the calculations, whether they use a calculator or a computer. That's the public information that he wants. That's not uh, a program. That's not what he wants. Um, and public records stored in a computer shall be disclosed as required by this chapter. The other thing is they, they constantly say that they don't have to construct records and it's misused. It doesn't mean they don't have to, uh, they still have to produce the information. If the guy asked, like, uh, if he wanted to produce numbers for years or a certain type of drainage that they didn't do, then that would be the construction of 
public records. It's in other words, it's they they're not the construction of public records is you're not you don't have to do research for the requester. But if you produce those records or that public information, then that is so. Okay, thank you for your time. Thank you. Caller, you can unmute it. You may proceed. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, members, if you vote finally on this item, you will incur misdemeanor guilt under the Brown Act. Um, it is an absurd interpretation of the Brown Act to say that any agency may decide for itself where the public posting may be. Um, this is a terrible precedent to set. Uh, if, if the task force goes ahead with this, then the Behavioral Health Commission will post notices to its physical posting in the hallway of uh, the second floor of uh, outside their office, room 226 at 1380 Howard Street, and the Health Commission will post their notices um, in uh, do their public public post physical posting at 101 Grove Street, and every agency across the city will have a different physical posting place. Um, obviously, that cannot be the law. Obviously, there needs to be one place that's easy for everyone to find. And even if it were that were the law, you would still be in violation of uh, SF Admin Code Section 8.16 which states that it must be posted 72 hours um, ahead of the meeting at the public library. You don't have jurisdiction over that. It's not part of the Sunshine Ordinance, but it is a law that you are subject to, that you need to obey. And if you uh, willfully act in, in violation of the law, that's also a misdemeanor offense under California Government Code Section 1222. And it can also subject you to dismissal um, by the Board of Supervisors from your positions uh, under Charter Section 15.105E, Official Misconduct. Back to you, Mr. Clerk. Okay, moving on to our next caller. Hello, caller, you may proceed. Yes, thank you. This is Peter Warfield. Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com. I beg your pardon? Uh, can you hear me? We can hear you. Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California 94117-0544. We're not a party to this and uh, unfortunately, weren't even at the beginning of this, but there's, first of all, I want to thank what I did here uh, as a very careful consideration, and especially the wording. I think document is uh, something that could be either misleading or misinterpreted intentionally or otherwise, and uh, so I think that was a very good discussion as well. There's one thing that I think that might be brought out, and that is that um, there is a requirement for the uh, professional maintenance, maintenance in a professional way of uh, documents. And if they don't have something that uh, in this kind of an important matter that is clear about what they did and how they did it and how they came up with very, very significant uh, and important calculations that are part of their, their work and have a big impact, 
for that matter, it's part of their work, I would uh, consider that there might be uh, some level of uh, problem if they don't have something that they documented as part of their process. And presumably, in other instances, we've heard that it was part of their product as well, namely a careful description of what they did and how they did it and how they came with their results. So I think that that is something that um, is something that you might consider adding. Uh, I'm sorry I can't cite chapter and verse, but there is a requirement in Sunshine, at least, to maintain uh, records in a professional manner. Thanks very much. Okay, uh, that was our last public commenter for this matter. Okay, thank you, Victor. We'll go ahead and close public comment at this point. Uh, members, is there any last minute discussion before we head to a vote? Seeing none, Victor, when you're ready, if you could call the roll on that. Yes, on that motion, Member Stein. Aye. Stein, aye. Member Pavamavn. Aye. Pavamavn, aye. Member Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood. Aye. LaHood, aye. Vice Chair Wong. Wong absent. Member Highland. Aye. Highland, aye. Member Hill. Aye. Hill, aye. Chair Yankee. Aye. Yankee, aye. The motion passes without objection. Um, okay. You didn't call me. Oh, who did I miss? One, two. Wolf. Ah, my apologies. Uh, I checked your name as an I, but I guess I didn't call it. Member Wolf. Aye. Aye. Wolf, I, and just to uh, restate, the motion passes without objection. Thank you, Victor. Okay, uh, the next two items are the ones that we continued. Um, so why don't we take a short recess here, allow everyone to, to use the restroom, stretch, or whatever else. Um, and we'll come back here at 6.52, and we'll hear item number 11 at that point. Yes, uh, the meeting is uh, recessed until 6.52. I will ask everyone to turn off their microphones because this meeting will continue to be recorded.
everyone could just turn their cams on for a moment here so we know you're back. All right, Victor, um, when you're ready, maybe you could just do a quick roll call to make sure we have quorum. Yes, give me uh, one moment. Sure. Just getting everything together and. Oops, I lost my spot. Time is 6.54 on the roll call to reconvene the meeting from recess. Member Schmidt. Present. Oh, I heard a present. Member LaHood. Present. LaHood present. Member Pava Maman. Present. Pava Maman present. Vice Chair Wong absent. Member Stein. Present. Stein present. Member Highland. Present. Highland present. Member Hill. Present. Hill present. Member Wolf. Present. Wolf present, Chair Yankee. Present. Yankee present, we have a quorum. Okay, great. Um, I think it's time for file number 11. If you wanted to read that, Victor. Yes, number 11 is file number 18086, complaint filed by Mark Sullivan against the Militia Dwarfs Green Benefit District Formation Committee for Allegedly Violating Administrative Code. Section 67.14 by failing to allow video and audio recording, filming and still photography of a policy body. Just so you know, I believe that this matter went back for reconsideration. And my apologies, I'm just reading the. Uh, on November 2nd, 2022, the Sunshine Orange Task Force moved to allow for a reconsideration of this matter. So this matter is a reconsideration of this original complaint and I will uh, defer to the chair on this matter. Okay, thank you, Victor. So yes, um, this was originally heard way back in 20, March of 2019. So I think there's only a few of us still here who heard this the first time around. Um, <clears throat> I checked the meeting minutes and this actually went through the entire process. So we did have you know, the initial presentation, we had our back and forth with questions, we had rebuttals. Um, then there was a motion um, to find jurisdiction since that was the first um, uh, question that the task force had to deal with. Um, that motion failed and once we did not, were not able to establish jurisdiction, we stopped the process, right? And so that's kind of where this has been for the last three plus years, it seems like at this point almost, uh, or even more. Um, so then we did um, move to allow reconsideration. Uh, since this is not a new file, um, we're not going to go through the entire complaint process all over again. However, I think it's important for, particularly for those members who haven't been here to, to have the opportunity for the 
um, complainant and if there's anyone here um, on behalf of the respondent, which I think technically the respondent is no longer even an entity any longer, um, we'll give them an opportunity as well. Um, so if we could make sure that we have the uh, complainant and the and anyone from the respondent identify themselves, so we can get them unmuted. And then what I'll do is I'll give three minutes to each side to kind of bring us up to speed on where things are, and then we'll basically take this matter off where we take off where we left before, which was in our deliberations. Yes, if there's any other members of this matter who are involved in this matter, if you can go ahead and raise your hand uh, so I can unmute you. Mr. Sullivan, your microphone is already unmuted, so if you go holding on. I'm not getting any other indications of other parties raising their hand at the moment. Okay, so we'll go ahead and let Mr. Sullivan present if we can give him three minutes to get us up to speed on where things are. Uh, you may proceed, Mr. Sullivan. In Epstein versus Hollywood Entertainment District 2, Business Improvement District, the formation entity claimed that the city had no role in their creation or activity. The appeals court disagreed. The appeals court opinion relied on a previous opinion of International Longshoremen's and Warehouse Union versus Los Angeles Export Terminal Incorporated, that the city only had to play, play some role. So here is the some role that the city of San Francisco played with the Mission Dolores Green Benefit District Formation Committee. A supervisor and city employee met with and suggested the formation of the GBD. They were involved in who would be in and the makeup of the formation committee. City employees participated in the training of the formation committee members. A city employee called a Green Benefit District manager attended all formation committee meetings and organized some. The city hired SF Park Alliance with a contract that spelled out and paid for all the steps to guide the formation committee to become the Mission Dolores Green Benefit District. This included putting a member on the formation committee, training, actively facilitating both public and private meetings, paying and conducting surveys, putting together the benefit district property assessment, engineering report, and management plan, meeting with large stakeholders in the proposed district, and paying, paying and organizing the district petition drive. The city paid for all of this. The city attorney's office made changes to final and final approved to propose district boundaries, the property assessment engineering report, and the benefit district management plan. Through ordinance, the city retains the authority to overturn a formations committee's actions, change the plan, the entity managing the proposed benefit district, and even take it over everything, take over everything itself. This city retaining uh, of authority is noted in the Epstein opinion. The city paid for the formations committee's website development and hosting. The city paid for the formations committee media room at the church for, for all their meetings there, including the informational meeting I attended and tried to video record. My recording was okayed by the SF Park Alliance Place Lab Executive Director, Brooke Ray Riviera, who was sitting right next to me. The formation organization and the benefit district process in the Epstein case is almost the same to the GBD formation process. And 
is a lot closer than the Los Angeles Export Terminal Incorporated. Mr. Steinberg stated that the MDGBD Formation Committee and the city involvement was akin to a neighborhood watch group where they gave out flashlights. It's not even close to an apples to apples comparison. A neighborhood watch group has elapsed. Okay, thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Sullivan. Um, so, members, we had uh, two another person just call in. I just want to give them an opportunity to identify themselves if they are a party to this matter. For item number eleven, you can press star three to raise your hand if you are a party to this matter, and you would like to uh, speak. Okay, they are not indicating they would like to speak on this matter. Okay, thank you, Victor. Okay, so members, I think probably the, the spot where we need to leave off on this is going back to the question of jurisdiction. Um, and then if, if we determine that there is jurisdiction, then we could probably move to the, was there a violation uh, portion of the complaint? Um, so there was also um, a, a city attorney memorandum that was sent um, under privilege and confidential um, communications that was sent to all the members. Um, obviously, we have our, our DCA here as well. Uh, if there are additional questions for him, and so I'll leave it at that. If, if folks want to get the discussion going, or maybe I'll get the discussion going by. <clears throat> uh, to me, I think the part we need to, of the Sunshine Ordinance that we need to look at first is determining if the um, body in question. You know, obviously meets one of the requirements of the sunshine ordinance and, and in other words is it a a passive meeting body or a policy body and that's outlined in section uh, 67.3 uh if you scroll down there's a definition of both the passive meeting body and a policy body um so at least for me when i was looking at this i was trying to decide would this green benefits formation committee fall into either of these two categories and there's you know a variety of ways they could fit into either of them um, that was the, the, I think we struggled with the, the 1st time around that the task force had, you know, some of us at least had questions about whether or not they, they really fell into either of these categories and therefore were they truly covered by the sunshine ordinance or not. Number Lou hood. I think where we got stuck before was the degree of the city's involvement. And I think based on what we know now, and also this new information that Mr. Sullivan brought, and to be clear, even though the case uh, happened in time before the original hearing, it was not a case that he was aware of. And so he did not present it to us. And that's why, you know, it's, we're considering it new information. Um, the degree of the city's involvement seem to be very high and in that and and they they seem to have quite a bit of if not control over what was happening a very high degree of involvement and financial contribution that to me says this is not something that was just neighbors organizing themselves thank you member lahood do we have other thoughts uh, I see member Schmidt and member Wolf. So member Schmidt. 
Yeah, I, I think one way that I'm looking at this is I sort of to, to parse it in a way is, does the Epstein decision, uh, does reading that decision alter one's view of the case? And therefore, justify reconsidering what had already been decided. Now, I think that um, the memo from the city attorney's office, which I, I pretty much would concur with, indicates that the Epstein case doesn't really apply here. I think that's I think that's what um, our our city attorney. Uh, is is saying to us there, so I think that's sort of the context that we're uh, living in here. That's all. Thank you, Member Schmidt. Uh, Member Wolf. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite ready to um, to, uh, to ask my question, but just the point of whether the complaint is against um if the complaint is against an entity of which the city was involved uh because the uh the definitions under 67.3 with regards to passive meeting body or a policy body is specifically focused more on how those uh entities each of those entities carry on their meetings, their business in the public view. It doesn't necessarily uh, uh, require that uh, that uh, an entity be a policy body or a passive meeting body in order to request records uh, from the city. Uh, there are lots of departments and, and frankly, the ordinance speaks to a custodian being an individual. Uh, so, you know, with regards to, to disclosure of records, there's no requirement for the for the policy body uh, definition uh, in this respect. I, my read of the Epstein, uh, it speaks to me, it speaks uh, interesting clearly because it involves the same set of uh, of, um, of entities involved. You have a, uh, you know, more or less a kind of community-based type of district that's being uh, that's being created, uh, but it's regulated by uh, a government agency. And in the and the fact that it's pretty broad in Epstein that the um, involvement uh, of government it seems pretty broad. Um, it 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 seems from the evidence that um, uh, the uh, complainant here in this case against the Green Benefits District has brought enough evidence to show that there is um, in the same respect. So that that's kind of where I'm I'm kind of standing. I, I want to hear a little more if others have a different take on this, but that's kind of where I stand at this point. Thank you, Member Wolf. Um, I'll, I'll jump in because um, I do have a slightly different take on this, being one of the 
dissenting votes in the original motion um, from 2019. Um, this is not a public records case. This is a case about a meeting and it's whether a meeting of the green benefits formation committee needed to allow um, Mr. Sullivan to attend and videotape them as they were meeting. So while I absolutely agree with you, Member Wolf, that you know public records um, could certainly be in certain cases, you know, requested from non-city entities, um, and we've talked about a lot of those cases. In this case, it's should a group of people who are participating in this we have to allow a member to attend and videotape them as they're having their meeting. So that's a slightly, I think, different part. Um, yeah, thank you for the correction. Yeah. So I think it is important under that context to determine if they are a passive meeting body or a policy body, since that one of those is what would then trigger the requirement of the filming, which is what the violation portion of this is. Um, I agree with Member LaHood that the city does have obviously a, a large degree of involvement in this. Um, but at the same time, um, I have concerns that that somehow turns all these participants into city officials, right? So if we, if we say that this is a passive or a meeting body or, or a, a policy body, what we're also saying is that everyone who participated um, were, were, were city officials, right? All, all the the, the, for green, uh, the formation member committee meeting people. And so that, you know, doing so triggers a lot of other things, right? It means that all those people um, any communications they sent regarding this would be disclosable, right? It would be, you know, a, a bunch of other sunshine provisions yeah. would, would apply. Um, and my concern throughout all of this is that there doesn't seem to be anything that triggered these people even knowing that they suddenly became city officials, right? You know, we all, you know, applied for, you know, to be seated on this body and it went through the rules committee, you know, and we were appointed, we took an oath of office, you know, it, it, it's a very clear cut thing for one day. We weren't members of this body to another day. We were right. And we knew what we were signing up for. We took sunshine training and all of that. Um, I don't see how 1 of those 2 definitions. Necessarily applies to the formation stage. Now, I had this gone through and they would have been actually become a, a, a green benefits district. Um, then I do think, obviously, that would apply, that these would be, you know, whoever was part of that governing board for that district or entity would absolutely be fall under these things. But this, at this stage, um, seems to be a group of, of, of neighbors or residents that live in a particular area getting together and talking about whether or not this should take place. Now, whether or not the city should have been involved to the extent that they were involved in and should have spent city funds doing it, is a good question, but I'm not sure that that's necessarily within our jurisdiction and them spending those funds. I don't see how that necessarily transforms all these individual people who participated suddenly into city officials. Um, so that was my reservations about um, having jurisdiction in the 1st place and reading the Epstein case. I don't think that that really changes my viewpoint from back then and I'll stop there. I was, this is a member Stein. I was of a similar opinion. I have to say for me, the appeal court ruling, you know, it's looking at whether private entities that are operating a detention facility are subject to the CPRA and 
to me, there's a difference between a private entity that's already been under contract, you know, that's under contract with the city to perform, you know, a city service uh, in a sense, or, uh, you know, or uh, a state service and a not really yet formed GBD, which is not yet fully operating as a GBD. So for me, that's where that case didn't transfer over to looking at this, you know, almost like the preformation of a, of a GBD. Thank you, Member Stein. Um, Member Wolf, Member Schmidt, I see your hands still up. Are those new hands or leftover hands? I, I'm just going to say uh, amen, amen to everything I've heard. That's all. Okay. Um, do we have any further discussion on this? If not, do we have a motion to keep things rolling? I will move that we do not have jurisdiction in this matter. Can I rebuttal? Uh, Mr. Sullivan, no, this, you, you had rebuttals in the initial hearing of this. No, I didn't. I, I I had, what happened was uh, in the initial thing was I had five minutes of opening statement, then they had five minutes of opening statement, and then 45 minutes questioning and answering with the other side. And I never got rebuttal. I tried. You can listen to the recording. Then perhaps the meeting, uh, I'll go ahead and allow you to have a, a rebuttal. Second motion. Okay, so yeah, let's, let's yeah, I have a motion on the floor. So, so Member Schmidt, uh, second to the motion. So there's a, a motion by Chair Yankee, second by Member Schmidt to not find jurisdiction. Um, essentially, what I'll do, Mr. Sullivan, since um, you didn't have a rebuttal, I'll allow you to, to have a three minutes as part of the public comment period on this. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, and Mr. Sullivan, your your efforts are certainly appreciated by me in your work at this task force. So, uh, sorry if I cut you off there. Thank you. So start. Um, yeah. So we'll go ahead and up, open a public comment to this, Victor. When you're ready, um, we can include Mr. Sullivan in that. Victor, you might be on mute. Ah, sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> yes, uh, if anybody would like to make public comment on this matter, you can press star three to raise your hand to indicate that you'd like to make public comment. And Mr. Sullivan, you may begin your comment. Okay. The first thing I want to say is when, even when the Green Benefit District is formed, those people on the committee and that make up the Green Benefit District are not to be officials. They're not employees of the city. They're a nonprofit corporation. So there's no city official involved in this. The Epstein, what is being used is the Brown Act 54952, as used in this chapter, legislative body means C1, a board, commission, committee, or other multi body that governs a private corporation limited liability company or other entity that either is and then a is exercised 
is created by the elected legislative body in order to exercise authority that may lawfully be delegated by the elected governing body to a private corporation, limited liability, or other entity. So this is what the Epstein case is about, too. And the Epstein case is about forming a benefit district, which is the same codes that the Green Benefit District is using. The city just modified it a little bit uh, and called it a Green Benefit District instead of a bid. Uh, And I don't know, I guess that's all I can say is that we're not talking, the fact that none of these Green Benefit Districts or Community Benefit Districts, none of the people involved are city officials or city employees. They're just covered under the Brown Act by 54952C1A. Okay, I'm assuming that that includes your comments. I do not have any indications of other people making public comment on this matter. Okay, thank you, Victor. We'll go ahead and close public comment on this. Um, members, do we have any further comments? Uh, member Wolf. Yeah, so, um, you know, I guess for me, the point here is the nuance is the difference between the formation committee and the actual existence of the, of the, uh, the benefits district, uh, whether, no matter what you want to call it. A green benefits district, or, or, or what have you. Uh, the, 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 the issue with Epstein, the way I'm reading as Epstein, is that that um, benefits district already existed, um, and it was already, you know, kind of gone through that process. And before that uh, got created, there may have been a formation committee. You know, they may have had a similar process. So. I'm a little torn by this because the of of the level of involvement that the city had at the initial information uh, meeting, uh, which I have disclosed years ago when we first started with this complaint that I attended, uh, but I had not attended any other meeting thereafter. Uh, it was only because it was such a you know. Uh, I live in that neighborhood and it was uh, such a, a big thing. And uh, so, um, it, but nonetheless, the what happened thereafter and what was going on is the, the, the uh, Green Benefits District did not uh, get formed. This actually, this is not Mission Dolores. This was the Buena Vista uh, Green Benefits District. I'm sorry. So I didn't attend uh, the information one for admission Dolores. So I'm, I'm a little torn by this because it, the, you know, if there was a formation committee and guidelines were provided to the residents that a community be able to perform that, then that should have been the long and the short of it. Um, if it was similar to the Buena Vista uh, information meeting I went to, there was lots of staff there. It was every, every department that would have been involved, rec and park, public works. I mean, every, there was all kinds of departments and staff that were at that meeting and they were answering questions. They were actively involved. So, you know, it really seemed like that this was a government 
uh, type of, of affair. So I, I'm, that's why I'm a little bit torn by this because of, of uh, the heavy involvement uh, and participation by city officials at this point. And they didn't really make it clear that this was just a community, pro community process uh, thereafter. So I, I'll stop there. I'm not quite sure how I'll vote on this at this point. Thank you, Member Wolf. Uh, do we have anyone else? Okay, just um, to offer a slightly dissenting view. <laughs> um, I, I, I agree with with um, Member Wolf that there's obviously a distinction between the formation committee and the committee itself. And I think Epstein talks about the committee itself. And I think if that's what was before us, I'd have a very different opinion. Um, I just am not convinced that the level of city involvement, and I think there was some level of city involvement, necessarily still makes it, turns these individuals into, into a, a policy or advisory, or a, a policy body or a passive meeting body. Um, it may have been inappropriate for that level of city involvement. It may have been unclear. And I think those are all important issues, but I'm not sure that those are the issues that our task force can talk about. Um, so that's that's where I, I I'm ending up on this. Um, I see member LaHood and member Hill. Yeah, just to and uh, I just want to clarify if this were to be a passive meeting body, and I I'm I'm looking at the uh, the ordinance and it's not clear to me if it were a passive meeting body, would the recording have to have been allowed? Attendance I know has would would be allowed, but when you read the section on recording. It refers specifically to policy bodies, but it doesn't actually say anything about recording for passive meeting bodies, unless I'm missing something. No, that's a good point, Member Hood. I think even if this were a passive meeting body, even if we determined it was a passive meeting body, then we would have to get to the second question of was there even a violation, right? That was that second stage um, of the process, and I think that's a that would be an important point to debate if we were to get to that stage. Uh, member Hill. Thank you, Chair Yankee. Is, is, is there any, um, I apologize, I've been going through the documentation, I couldn't really see it. Is there any any evidence or documentation on uh, um, the actual, sorry to use a circular reference, the formation of the formation committee? Um, uh, is, 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 was that ever brought up? Is there any sort of evidence? You know, the reason why I ask is because um, um, you know, I, I'm involved in like a neighborhood task force. The, the the output of that is probably not going to be the formation of a of, of a of a benefit district. Um, but um, we, there was we have evidence in a in an ordinance that for the creation, you know, through an MOU of a particular task force. And I just didn't know if there if that was ever brought up. Was there any discussion? Is there any documentation or evidence of the of how this uh, uh, formation committee was formed? That was a uh, member Hill, this is to, to that point. Um, if I recall, and it's been some years, um, I think it turned, it, it was a group of, of residents that were interested in this. I think there was some involvement from um, one of the supervisors in, um, from that area who may have recommended other mem other members of the community 
who should also get involved. But I don't believe there was some type of like formal appointment process, if that's what you're asking. Um, because I, I think that is an important point, right? You know, at what point were you a member of this formation committee? At what point were you were you not, right? Um, and I think that was a bit of a, at least to me, was some of the gray area. Uh, member LaHood, and then uh, I think Member Wolf has hand up after you. Can I ask Mr. Sullivan a question? Yeah. Mr. Sullivan, did you ask to be a, at any point, did you ever ask to be a member of this committee or were you invited to become a member of this committee? Uh, no, I was never asked for, um, for a thing. And the, the, the meeting that I went to was a public meeting. It was all the public could come, anyone could come. But I wasn't asked to be on a, on a, the a formation committee. Nor did you request to be on the formation committee. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, thank you. Uh, Member Wolf. Yeah, I just want to return back to the point of, of whether recordings are allowed at a passive meeting. Um, the um, the um, uh, uh, provisions on recording are specific to policy bodies. Recordings in public spaces or on public property are found in other areas of law. And I think with regards to the Sunshine Ordinance, it was specifically focusing on policy bodies because of their specific nature and their gravity or their authority or what have you, you know, that they're being, that policy body meetings have a requirement to meet in uh, on city property and city meeting rooms and things like that, where passive meeting bodies do not have that requirement and do not have the necessarily the same weight of authority as policy bodies. So I think the, the, um, whether or not recording would have been allowed or prohibited is not really um, subject uh, to the Sunshine Ordinance at all. It's subject to the general rules of recordings in public spaces. Thank you. Thank you, Member Wolf. Do we have any other comments on this? Are we ready for a vote? Okay, not seeing any other hands, so let's go ahead and move to a vote on this. Victor, when you're ready. Yes, on the motion. Could you restate the motion, please? Uh, yes, the motion is fine that the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force does not have jurisdiction over this matter. On that motion, Member Yankee. Aye. Yankee, aye. Member Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood. No. LaHood, no. Member Pavamabin. Aye. Pavamabin, aye. Vice Chair Wong. Wong absent. Member Stein. Aye. Stein, aye. Member Highland. Aye. Highland, aye. Member Hill. I'd like to abstain. Oh, we cannot take an abstain, but I, I can understand. pass over and come back. Please. Uh, next on the vote is uh, Member Wolf. 
I think I convinced myself uh, I'm going to say aye. Wolf, aye. Member Hill. Aye. Hill, aye. The motion passes with a vote of seven ayes. Okay, so we have seven ayes, one no, and one absent. Okay. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Mr. Sullivan. Okay, we'll go ahead and move on to the next item. Next on the agenda is item number 12, complaints involving the SOTF, potential consideration of rescinding votes taken by the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force on item 4B from its November 2nd, 2022 regular meeting and item 6A and 6B from its December 7th, 2022 regular meeting. Okay, thank you, Victor. Okay, so this um, members, I've hopefully you had a chance to, to read some of the background on this. Um, these are some some further discussions that occurred regarding the actions we took regarding various complaints that were directed at either a member, a committee, or the task force as a whole. Um, it, it, the procedural uh, actions that we took had the practical effect of closing a variety of of complaints um, or disposing of them in certain ways. Uh, there were concerns by some of the people who had um, submitted those complaints about the way that we handled those complaints. Um, I don't necessarily share those concerns, but um, I don't see my position as chair as determining that uh, unilaterally. And so I wanted to give the opportunity to have the members review what their concerns were. And if any member felt that um, a point of order, for instance, should have been raised in one of our prior meetings and feels that we should not have voted on it and would therefore like to rescind that vote and and uh, have it re-agendized, this is the opportunity to do so. So I will leave it at that. Um, if there is no actions taken in this item, then we would just leave where, where things were. So there's not an action necessary, but if someone wants to do propose one, this would be the opportunity. And I am not seeing any hands on this. Um, so what I will do is I will move to public comment. And at that point, if anyone changes their mind, we can, we can handle that. So uh, Victor, uh, if you wanna call public comment on this item. Yes, are there any members of the public who would like to provide public comment on this matter? You can press star three on your telephone to indicate, to raise your hand and indicate you'd like to make public comment on this matter. I'll give people an opportunity to press star three to ask for public comment. I'm sorry, this is Maya from PUC. I just wanted to confirm, is item nine not being heard tonight? I'm waiting uh, for it. Yes, sorry. I, uh, we uh, continue the matter uh, due to uh, noticing issues. Um, my apologies if I didn't respond to your email, but I responded to an email regarding the matter. Uh, but yes, item nine was continued. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. I have, I'm having no indications for public comment on item number 12. 
Okay, thank you, Victor. I will go ahead and close public comment. Uh, last call for any discussion on this. If not, we'll go ahead and move along. Uh, Member Schmidt. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any, a, a move, a motion, et cetera, et cetera. I just wanted to say, um, I commend Chair Yankee, uh, and I commend, um, uh, both of the members of the public for, uh, sort of really trying to get into the details to keep us honest. Um, I'm not necessarily saying I agree with everything that you said in the documents and the emails, et cetera, et cetera, but it is, uh, it is something that I think is a valuable service. Thank you. Thank you, Member Schmidt. Um, anyone else? Uh, Member LaHood. So I read the communicate the original communications when they came in. Can you state clearly what we're being asked to consider or decide right now? Or is this just we're bringing it back on the agenda in case people wanted to have further discussion? Right. So, so there were concerns raised about the way that we disposed of these items last time. The the process that we used to this to to vote on our you know here and vote on our um, procedural issues. Um, Obviously, anyone at the time, if they had felt there was a concern, could have, you know, raised a point of order. Um, these communications that were directed solely at me, and I don't didn't know if anyone else received them, and so I didn't want to make the decision alone on whether or not others felt that there was, you know, they had concerns. And so this is just the opportunity to share it with all of you. And since, you know, obviously an, an action would need to be agendized, I put it on there. This is not me suggesting that we need to take any action. So. Um, there is no action necessary, but this is the opportunity if someone felt that an action was necessary um, or, or felt uneasy that they could propose such an action. Essentially, if no action is done now, what we decided in our prior meetings stands and that's that's where we're at. Does that answer adequately, Member Levin? That answered, yes, that answered okay. it for me. I, I don't know if that addressed questions other people might have. Okay. Um, member Wolf. Yeah. So I just to clarify a little further, was this just a matter of, because reading through that the, there wasn't necessarily a cover letter explaining what this was, why this is, was put on the agenda necessarily. It just included members of the public's, uh, concerns. So I'm, I'm just want to get clear. And I heard what you, what was explained to Member LaHood, but what's missing for me is, was this specifically a matter of how it made it onto the agenda and what the description was on the agenda? As if we took action on something that was not described properly on the agenda? Is that kind of the I mean, question? I, I don't want to uh, uh, characterize what, what their issues were that was my under that was my understanding member wolf but um i wanted their words to speak for themselves um so that was obviously they sent it to me i don't think me alone was the appropriate um person to send these to i think it should have been you know if there were concerns it should be distributed you know all the members should have the opportunity to to see it and make the decision if they felt 
uh, there were some issues. So I did not want to to suggest something one way or the other. Uh, Member Schmidt, did you have your hand up again, or is that left over? Okay. Okay, so this is gonna be the last call for any motions on this. If not, I'm gonna move on to the next item. Okay, we will go ahead and move on to the next item. Victor, when you're ready. Yes, next on the agenda is item number 13. Uh, file number 23004, consent agenda. I am not sure how you wanna handle this. Do you wanna take each of the consent items individually or do you want me to call them together? Let's call them all together since the uh, consent agenda is kind of one big item. Yes, uh, item number 13A on the consent agenda. Uh, complaint filed by file number 22131. Complaint filed by Michael Petrellis against uh, against Supervisor Gordon Marr, Board of Supervisors. On January 17, 2023, the complaint committee requested this matter be included in the consent agenda for a violation of 67.29-5 for failing to respond to a property calendar administrative and administrative code section 67.21E by failing to attend the hearing and referring the and suggesting the referral of the matter to the Compliance Amendments Committee for follow-up. Item number 13B is file number 22110, complaint filed by Anonymous against Supervisor Matt Dorsey for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 67.21B and 67.25. On October 28, 2022, the Complaint Committee moved to find that the task force has jurisdiction, find that the requested records are public, and refer the matter to the task force consent agenda for violation of 67.25, failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a complete and or timely manner. Okay, thank you, Victor. Um, so for Kind of a little history on this, you know, we, we had piloted a consent agenda um, several months ago, trying to see if we could, you know, expedite the process for which um, there really isn't a dispute. Um, and then we kind of included that also to um, items where the committee uh, feels it's pretty straightforward um, issue for us to hear. Um, this was part of the bylaws. We amended our bylaws to allow for this process. And so. Both of these were um, cases heard by the, looks like the complaint committee in two different meetings, and they made a recommendation to places on the consent agenda with a certain finding that we could adopt with, you know, with the motion. And so um, since these went through the complaint committee, um, I'll go ahead and let um, complaint uh, chair Schmidt give us a, a little history on this, just so it's in the record. Yeah, I'll just say that we, when we see a case that's either uh, not opposed or we we just don't see that there's any real valid question about uh, there being violations and it's and we ascertain exactly what those are. I think we feel like that those are due for the consent calendar, and that's what happened in both of these. Um, I don't know if I've 
really even need to get too much into the, the, the details of the cases themselves. Uh, Gordon Moore's case, there was there was just no production and there was no appearance. So that was an easy one. Uh, mem other members, uh, Member Wolf uh, uh, and Member Stein, do you have anything to add to that? Just that these were cases where the respondents um, agreed that there had been violations, uh, and it and they seemed pretty straightforward. Yeah, agreed. Same same thing. Uh, you know, uh, the purpose of the consent agenda is if uh, uh, you know there was uh, uh, an admission uh, of noncompliance or um or no contest and i think we we reached those conclusions to help expedite thank you okay thank you member schmidt uh wolfenstein for that that's that's very helpful so at this point um i think the motion if anyone wants to make it um would be to simply adopt the findings of the um complaint committee and therefore that would be um crafted in order determination and and you know Basically, would be adopting the, the full motions that they made if anyone wants to make such a motion. I move that we um, uh, approve the consent agenda. Member Wolf. A procedural question. Yes, uh, Mr. Schmidt. Member uh, Chair Yankee. Uh, I, do, I don't want to object to these for many reasons, but is there a point on the consent calendar where we permit any member who wants to take something off the list to, to do so? I thought that that was part of the process, but I'm not necessarily seeing it happen here. So I want yes, to make that. It, it is part of the process. Um, it's in the bylaws. So if any member, it's a good point to bring up. So if any member does feel uncomfortable with these being part of the consent agenda, please raise your hand or speak up and we can sever that item. And I'm not seeing any hands or anyone speaking up. And so it doesn't sound like we have any of those objections, Member Schmidt. But th thank you for reminding all of us. I think that's a good point. Okay, so we have a, a motion by um, Member Wolf to approve the findings in the consent agenda. Do we have a second for that? I'll second that. Uh, this is member Hill. Okay, so moved by member Wolf, seconded by member Hill. Any discussion before we open it up to public comment? Okay, seeing none, let's go ahead and open that up to public comment. Yes, uh, if there are any members of the public who would like to make public comment on these matters, uh, you can make, uh, you can press star three to raise your hand at this time to indicate you'd like to make public comment. I'm not seeing any indications requesting public comment on this matter. Okay, thank you, Victor. We'll go ahead and close public comment and see no additional hands. Let's go ahead and move to a vote on this item. Yes, on this matter, Member Wolf. Aye. Wolf, aye. Member Hill. Aye. Apologies. Hill, aye. Member Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt, aye. Member LaHood. Aye. LaHood, aye. 
Member Pavin Bobbin. Aye. Pavin Bobbin, aye. Vice Chair Wong, absent. Member Stein. Aye. Stein, aye. Member Highland. Aye. Highland, aye. Chair Yankee. Aye. Yankee, aye. The motion passes without objection. Okay. Thank you, Victor. Uh, we can go ahead and move on to the next item. Yes, next on the agenda is item 14, annual report, updates, and discussions regarding annual report of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. Okay, thank you. So this is just a discussion item, and I didn't know if uh, Member Stein had any updates for us regarding the annual report, so I'll turn it over to her if she wants to discuss it. If not, we can just move on. So, Member Stein, it's all yours. No, I do have a few updates. So, um, one is, you know, we designed a survey a 10 question survey, very simple, very short. We thought it would take about 10 minutes for city agencies to complete it. Uh, and that was sent out about 9 days ago, I would say. Um, and I would like to send out a reminder. There were some bumpy aspects to sending out that survey. Um, the 1st was that I sent it directly from my SOTF email, but of course, that is not a city email address. And I probably should have known better because I also just took the fishing or whatever the safety security module from the city. And there were a few people who were a little concerned that they got this email. It was asking them to click on something and it wasn't from a city address. So I can understand why they were concerned. Um, and I know that uh, Cheryl got a few emails saying, is this for real? So I was hoping to send out a reminder email and I would have done it on Monday. But I think we also heard in the meantime from the, um, who is it, Alyssa, um, what is her last name? Samara. Samara, sorry, <laughs> at the uh, Board of Supervisors with the suggestion that they should have known about the survey. And um, I think there was some confusion at least on my part, at, as well as maybe other people's parts about like, what is our relationship here if we're going to do a survey? Do we need to check with the board of supervisors? Do they, you know, do they have, does the administrator have to approve it? I was thinking no, because it came directly from me and I wasn't really asking the administrator to do anything. Um, but then it turns out it would probably be better if the administrator, for instance, if Cheryl, for instance, could send out a reminder email that came from a city address so that everybody, you know, took it a little bit more, um, I don't want to say seriously, but took it to be a little bit more of a safe thing to reply <laughs> and to fill out the survey. So at this point, I'm not sure where we stand on that. I would love to send out a reminder email. I mean, I can write the whole email, but I would love for it to go from whatever our official account is um, with the city. But I don't have any idea where we stand now in relationship to um, Alyssa Samara and, and the um, you know, the clerk's office about how we should be doing this. Um, so, you know, I'll say that I did talk to the Department of Technology before I decided to put the survey out on survey monkey about, like, what the considerations would be and what I needed to kind of say in the header. Um, and I followed up on that. I was hoping Cheryl was going to be here tonight to kind of tell us where this stood, but I don't know if you know where this stands chair Yankee. Are you not maybe Victor? Is this something that you might be able to help facilitate for us in Cheryl's absence? I will provide the information to uh, uh, Elisa Samara and Cheryl and see um, and find out where we should how we should proceed. Okay, that'd be great. That'd yeah, be I mean, ideally, you know, I did 
send an email back to Cheryl saying, you know, if they want to look at it, here it is, they should take a look at it. Um, you know, I would say about 13, 14 agencies have filled it out already. I haven't looked at what they've said, but I know on average it takes about 12, 12 minutes to complete. Um, so there's that. Then, um, you know, another idea that we had that was in the proposal was to post a call for stories on our website about how people have used the Sunshine Ordinance. And I've reached out to like one or two people who have, uh, you know, been at meetings a lot on the board, but this is also kind of a public call. And we were hoping that we could put a form on our website that would just allow people to submit stories. We have a very structured set of questions, very specific. Here's what we need to, you know, here's what needs to be part of your story. Um, and so that is something that we were also told needed to be approved by um, this, the uh, administrator's office or the clerk's office. And I haven't gotten any information back on that either. Um, and that would be really useful to get up as soon as possible so that we can do a little bit of work kind of promoting to people on Twitter or other people who kind of follow what our board does so that they can kind of get the word out that, hey, you can go and submit your story here. Um, so that's kind of been held up as well. So, I'm, so Victor, if you can let us know what the status of that is, because I gave that form to Cheryl, you know, a few weeks ago, and I just haven't heard anything back about it. And then, um, you know, I was also hoping, and I've kind of solicited some of the members who have had particular issues that they've raised over the past year to submit short, you know, one paragraph submissions on any practical or policy problems. Um, and the, it would be good to have these by the end of this month. So those of you out there, you kind of know who you are, <laughs> but I will say anybody can submit it, right? And I think um, I've discussed with uh, Chair Yankee what our process should be for that. And we were thinking that people will submit their, their sort of account of a practical or policy problem. And then we can look at it as a board and decide, you know, do we endorse putting this into the report as, you know, something that all of us feel needs to be um, brought to the Board of Supervisors, and if you write something and we don't feel that we can all endorse it, it can still be included in an appendix, um, you know, under the name of the member as this is the, this is like the member's position on this issue. And then, yeah, that's it, I guess. I'm, I'm aiming to try to get everything done by February 28th. I will say that we've already written up, um, a review of the SOTF complaint resolution process and sort of what went on there over the past year with some graphics and some descriptions and some numbers. And we've also got an overview of the next request activity that took place in this past year. Um, and all of that is kind of in an initial draft form, but I'm hoping to get sort of a one draft together that everybody and the public can read, make comments on, and then we would do the final um, report. Thank you so much, Member Stein. That was very informative update, and and I have to say, I just appreciate so much all the work you've done on this. It is, I can't wait to see the, uh, the final product. I, I know it's going to be fantastic. Um, <laughs> and the other members of the committee who have been working on, and this. everyone else. Yes, everyone else has been <laughs> part of this. It's it's a lot of work, and I, I'm sure, you know, everyone, you know, the the, the public, the the board of supervisors. I'm sure it'll be informative to everyone because I think. It's just you know, a lot of what we do isn't known, and this is going to, it's going to really help us get the word out. Mm -hmm. um, Member Schmidt. 
Yeah, I, I repeat that. Thank you. Um, it is a lot of work. I, I it's seeing it from uh, my distant vantage point. I'll put it that way. But um, I, I had one question, sort of a, a process, but also jurisdiction kind of question. When you, uh, Member Stone, you said that you want to give these things to the the clerk's office for approval. Um, I wonder if that's precisely how we go about doing things. Because well, let me let me clarify. Okay. Uh, a little bit. Um, it is the process that we use, and Victor can maybe speak to this. That when something goes on our website, it's supposed, as I've what I've been told, is that it has to be approved by the clerk's office before anything goes on our website, and that's the reason why I submitted the um, call for stories, which was just maybe a little description of what we're asking for and a few questions that we would like people to answer, make sure they answer, including like, you know, who was your request to? What information did you get? What did you do with it? That kind of thing. But because it goes on our website, it's supposed to have, you know, it's supposed to go through, it's, you know, to Cheryl's supervisor, essentially, which is Alyssa. And then, okay. but it's, to me, it's not at all clear that if we want to do a survey and we're really not taking up the administrator's time and we're not putting it on our website, but we're trying to gather information um, for the purpose of, you know, understanding what's going on with sunshine and being able to, you know, report on that and to have a more holistic picture of how sunshine is operating in the city. You know, if we're, to me, it's not clear that that needs to go through the administrator, you know, through the clerk's office, but it's just because for me, it's not clear, like, what is our relationship to them in that context? So, I didn't, I'm not even sure now that it needs something that needs to be approved, but maybe Victor can speak to that too. Okay. Thank you. I, I just wanted to sort of raise that it just sort of felt like we want to make sure that we're not sort of giving away anything that we don't need to, but I, I can see that. I agree with you. I think it's, yeah. They need to sort of probably look for certain things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, uh, Member Schmidt, this is Terry. I, I think at least the, the rule of thumb I've been using is if it's, if we're taking an action that, that uses the resources of the clerk's office, either staff time or something else, since, you know, the administrator doesn't report directly to us that, you know, he or she would report through the clerk's office management that we really want their buy-in on that. Um, to, to member Stein's point. So, you know, if we're doing things individually, um, not quite as clear really where, where approval would be needed, but obviously things like having them pro reprogram the website or, you know, send something out from their email would to a certain extent involve city resources. Yeah. And in that case, um, you know, I really would love the second email, the reminder email to come through Cheryl's account so that people are not worried, but I don't know. Yes. Um, Member LeBud and then member uh, Wolf also I see. Yeah, you know, it's funny and Laura, I don't think we saw or uh, member Stein, I don't think we saw this coming, but this is another reason why it, it would be helpful to have sfgov.org email addresses so that we could do things and not be dependent on mm -hmm. um, our administrators. And, you know, it's not our intent to cause 
a backup uh, of additional work for them. And in fact, we would do these things on our own if mm -hmm. we had email accounts, which are not that difficult to supply. Member LaHood, uh, Member Wolf. Okay, so this has been kind of a sore point with the task force for nearly 20 years. Okay, the um, uh, vice chair um, Wong and I and member Yankee was at the at a meeting with with uh, the website uh, folks and um, the clerk uh, to discuss the um, uh, the administration of the of updating the website and moving it to sfgov.org. Uh, we were told in no uncertain terms that because none of us on the task force are employees that we have the ability uh, to have access to it directly. And despite, you know, all the work that uh, uh, Jen and I did, and we were ready to actually go in and learn how, we actually started taking some workshops. We were told that we had to stop and that all that work has to be done by the clerk's office. Uh, and so they, it's essentially the protocol is anything that goes up on the website has to be essentially approved by the uh, clerk. Even if the task force passed an action, it would still have some sort of filter maybe to determine that it doesn't exceed some city rule or law or regulation or what have you. Um, that said, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know how else to, uh, you know, to, to move something forward like that putting a form on the website is on the current website is uh, as a web developer is not a simple matter on the new website a very simple matter so um you know and they're not uh, i don't think they're they're necessarily up up to date on it uh themselves um so and the additional time would be They've got to now manage another yet another entity's website beyond the board of supervisors and themselves and and whoever else that they they're currently work, working on. Um, the second uh, issue, um, I, I just want to. It's a little bit of a a kind of it's just a cautionary tale in a way. You know that the task force is um, lots of times not regarded well uh, by city uh, by city government side, um, but I guess you call them respondents because they're always the respondent more or less. Um, and that um, I, I, I'm a little concerned because of, Pat, of some recent past history, I'd say within the past five years, um, that there has been some a very critical um, reports, uh, whether factual or not, uh, whether rhetorical or actual, um, that, uh, that did come out, that did make it in front of the board of supervisors, um, that there was, um, an active, uh, 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 uh active, uh, active, act, actions 
that uh, actually removed all the, the task force members uh, because of the task force doing its job. And I, I'm a little concerned about also the uh, now the changing of the kind of the that creation of kind of gatekeeping uh, of various agencies and departments that have created a public information office uh, where, you know, people who request um, uh, information uh, have to go through uh, the PIO and have difficulty engaging the custodian directly as the ordinance allows. So I'm concerned that if we're sending out our survey asking for um, responses uh, directly from uh, the city side, that it, it could provide an opportunity to make a case against um, the value of the Sunshine Task Force. I'll stop there. What I want to know is if I'm a city employee, if I'm not a city employee, why did I have to do the eight hours of training? It, it, Mr. Chair, through the chair, uh, let me just say that, okay, that I should clarify that. It's not even that. It's the fact that you actually, that all of us actually have the benefit of the city's health plan. And we all have DSW numbers and we are all subject to HR, various HR rules and policies and whatnot. So if you were to ask the, the city whether we are employees or not, you probably get a shrug of like, I don't know. You are and you aren't, okay? And that is not, that is the rub of the whole thing. Yeah, so I just, I want to say that I understand, I mean, nothing you're saying is new to me at this point. I think I've been on the task force long enough to see the kind of complicated dynamics or relationship that we have with the city. But to me, I still thought it was important to make an attempt at understanding how sunshine is being used. And like I said, it's like 10 minutes survey. It's 10 questions only. It was something that we all discussed, you know, do we want to do this or not? And people said they wanted to do it. So I thought, you know, better to for me to go ahead and do what I think should be done in terms of uh, you know, writing a report and like really trying to take stock of where we are with sunshine and, you know, hope that it's, it's treated in the manner that it was intended, which is to do our job. So I understand that it's, you know, there might be pushback or there might be some, uh, unhappiness with, uh, you know, asking anybody to, to do a survey, but I just don't feel like we're really stepping out of what our province should be. And I don't want to be like, you know, too timid about trying to do, you know, we talk all the time about all we do is hear cases and there's all these other things that we're supposed to be doing and thinking about and looking at. And to me, this seems like part of that. And I am trying to, I did try to do it in the least obtrusive way possible. Thank you, Member Stein. Um, and having seen the survey, I, I don't think the questions are, are questions that invite that are problematic questions or anything. They're pretty straightforward. How many types of sunshine requests do you get? You know, that type of thing. So I think it's basically very data driven. It's not a 
uh, set up to to air grievances with the task force type of survey thing. It's it's kind of just straightforward, so that we all I think the so departments can get a sense of of you know what each other are doing, but we can get a sense of what the departments deal with, volumes of of, of sunshine you know, requests, those types of things. And incidentally, it's it's all out there, like in the links. I was actually we should have probably had the links tonight on the agenda as well. But you know, those links are there for everybody, the public, the other members to look at, give their feedback anytime. Like all of this is available. Yeah, I guess I didn't get that message with the links. I I didn't see the uh, the survey, so uh, that's why my flag is up. Huh? Because I shared. You know, it's been in previous agendas. I think the links have been listed, and then I've shared with all the members of the task force, and I've made it publicly viewable where those links are. Hmm. You didn't get it. I'll look at that, but you should have gotten it. I don't know. Well, yeah, we could send that out, you know, separately after the meeting. Uh, Member LaHood? The irony is, and there may have been, and I'm not, I, I mean, I helped look at, uh, I helped with the survey, but the irony is I think most of the questions on there are things that we could have just, like, sunshined. We could have just made sunshine requests to all of these departments, but instead we did it in a way that we thought was, you know, a little more friendly and uh, approachable, but, you know. I, I just say I, I, uh, it's in my spam box. Sorry. I got it. Great. Okay. Everyone else, please check your spam box <laughs> if you haven't already for emails from uh, Google regarding the SOTF. Okay. Anything else on this item? If not, we'll go ahead and open up to public comment. Okay, are there any members of the public who would like to make public comment on this matter? You can press star three on your phone to indicate to raise your hand and make public comment. Give me one moment. I'll go ahead and unmute our first caller. Uh, you may proceed at your convenience, caller. I just unmuted you. Uh, hello, is that uh, my line now? Yes, it is. This is Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and P.O. Box 170544 0544. Uh, first of all, I'm glad that you're doing some kind of data gathering uh, and possibly even doing a survey. I uh, have for years asked the Sunshine Task Force to do a survey of the users. And your users are those who certainly who file complaints, but they are also people who may have withdrawn complaints, filed once and never come back, and so on and so forth. Uh, I, it's very distressing, frankly, to hear that uh, Member Stein has reached out to maybe two people uh, who are regular users of Sunshine, and I certainly haven't heard anything. Library Users Association hasn't heard anything, uh, and certainly not any details about the kind of information that you might be seeking. For your information, and I think Bruce Wolf is certainly aware of it, and 
many of you are in other ways as well. Your position is to uh, stand up for people's rights, and typically those are coming into conflict at times with the government agencies, the authorities. So basically everybody in power, I won't use a strong word, but I'll say has a problem with you, is unhappy with what's, the, what, what's going on because you're doing uh, presumably protecting people's rights and advocating for them as to uh, what they have under the law a right to know and to see. And so you can expect that agencies are going to be unhappy with you. But what bothers me very much is that there has not been that kind of an interest in what's bothering the public or in responding to what the public has said is problematic. Uh, and there's a lot that's problematic. There's a lot that's not efficient. Another problem that I, and I think you should be making it open for anybody and especially try and reach out to people who have had contact with Sunshine in whatever way, but particularly with respect to what can you do for me. Um, another thing that's uh, troubling here is uh, I haven't seen anything really about what the progress is and so on. I know you wanted to work in small groups, but I haven't seen that there's going to go a survey out to city agencies and not a survey going out to the public. Uh, also, there's a question of how do you contact people and how do you provide information. Everybody is not electronically as connected as you are, and there are a lot of people who don't have easy access to computers and so on. Those need to be reached out to as well. Speaker That's time very important, well. and there are disproportionately the virtual, the, the, the vulnerable populations the are less connected. And I'd love to answer any questions you might have from a longtime user of sunshine. Mr. Warfield, Mr. Warfield, your time has expired. Thank you. Uh, like I said, I'd be glad to answer answer any questions. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I just want to respond for a second and say that, uh, you know, this survey has come, I mean, the survey, this um, annual report has come up at the last several meetings. We have put links to the documents that we are developing. Um, I have mentioned that we want to have people submit stories in, um, I think, a couple different meetings. Um, but I'm happy to create a kind of paper packet um, that maybe could be given out if people want to get it directly not online. Um, I want to also say that there is a survey I saw when I was like really going through the uh, SOTF website. There is a survey online for people who have been complainants um, you know, had their cases reviewed by us. And I asked Cheryl if she had any data from that survey, if any, you know, anything had been submitted. And she said she doesn't think anything has ever been submitted. Uh, so there is a survey online that is trying to survey people that we've served in the complaints process, but there doesn't seem to be um, anything that's been collected there. So I do wanna say, just going forward, I, I do wanna keep the links in the meeting every time we have a meeting um, so that people know they can go and look at that when the, um, you know, when the annual report is discussed. Member LaHood? Um, you know what would be a great idea? Maybe we should put the link to that survey that's on our website in a couple of upcoming agendas because maybe people don't even know it's there. And if they're yeah. not going to it, then we need to put it somewhere where they see it. 
Yeah, I can definitely do that. Yeah, so uh, but then I wonder what, because oh, in a way it would be great to email everyone whose email we have, <laughs> who's dealt with the task force, but then we're immediately into needing to have that seemingly approved by the Board of Supervisors clerk's office, because that does take Cheryl's time. So I'll just say, uh, Member Steiner, anything you want on the agenda for next time, just let me okay. know. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to include it as um, either on the agenda itself or as one of the attachments. You just let me know where you want it and I'll, I'll okay. make sure it's up there. All right, thank you. Okay, anything else on this item? All right, seeing none, let's go ahead and move on to the, uh, just double checking, Victor, there's no further public comment, is there? There is no additional public comment on this matter. Okay, so public comment is closed. No additional hands raised by the members, so we can go ahead and move on to our next item. Item 15, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the task force. Okay, members, anything for this item? Uh, I'll make just a brief announcement that um, I was contacted by the San Francisco Civil Grand Jury and asked to uh, present on the Sunshine Ordinance and the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. And so um, I've set a date with them. So I will be presenting on March 13th before the Civil Grand Jury. Um, so if anyone wants, thinks there's this particular point that, that I should bring up or, you know, has any ideas for me, certainly feel free to reach out and let me know. Um, and I'll try to get it included. Can I just say they were definitely on my list of recipients for that survey, so they might partially be asking you for this reason. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Member Hill. Uh, thank you, Chair Yankee. Um, I just want I, I wanted to make a, a comment to um, express my um, appreciation for uh, for the task force uh, providing some flexibility uh, for me due to. Uh, some medical issues that I've been I've been dealing with. Um, I do intend to um, uh, to to fully participate um, here forward, um, and and to and to reassume committee assignments um, um, that that have been previously assumed uh, pr um, prior to me having to take some time out. Um, uh, there may be there may be some off off ch chances that I. I have to uh, continue to take care of my med medical issue, but um, I also just wanted to apologize if you see me standing up and sitting down a lot. Uh, that's partially due to the fact that I can't uh, really sit in one place for a long period of time. So I, I apologize for the distraction, but th I appreciate everyone's support. We're very glad to have you back, Member Hill. Thank you. It's good to be back. Welcome back. Okay. Anything else for this item? Okay, I'll go ahead and open up to public comment um, on topics that were raised. Okay, I will go ahead and unmute the caller and you may begin when I unmute you. So caller, you may begin your public comment. Yes, again, it's Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California 94117-0544. I'm glad to uh, hear that uh, the for a time absent member is back, and I hope that all that prevented participation uh, has been settled or is settled in a favorable way. Uh, I heard some uh, 
suggestions for future agenda items on the last item, and I appreciate those very much. I would certainly second those. I did want to request a copy of the survey that was sent out. I hesitate to ask for the results you've gotten. Apparently, there were about 14. I would be interested to see those from whatever source on Sunshine has those, whether it's a member or whether it's the chair or whatever. Uh, with respect to possibilities of how to reach out to folks, member Wolf said he didn't see, hadn't seen anything, and I think that's very significant. You know, you can say you have links here, there, and everywhere. How is anybody supposed to know? I'm a fairly regular and a relatively frequent participant and uh, attendee at meetings. We've also brought a number of complaints and have some experience, both recent and certainly going back into the past, and I think could be helpful in improving matters in a whole range of ways. But where would I know that there were uh, surveys given out, that there are questions, that are solicitations for stories, any of that? I'm looking at the agendas. I'm, looking at, I'm listening to meetings, hours worth, and don't see any of that. How would somebody know that somewhere, somehow, there's something out there? I also hear a lot about uh, approval, and that's very troubling about the approval that's required. And sometimes, it, I've, I've heard this in other instances, it seems as though members in some cases feel somehow as though, and some more particularly than others, that somehow you're some kind of an, uh, an arm or a, a, a creature Mr. of the clerk's office, Mr. and you're independent, they're supposed to support you. They're supposed to support comment, you. It's not public comment on the previous item. Um, this is this is for this particular item. You're, you're referencing topics that raised in the prior item. Somebody mentioned the clerk having to once again that that's been a problem. Yeah, that was for in the prior item. That was not in part of this item. So I'm going to have. I to thought I heard this. it this time. It was not this time. Okay. Thank you. Are there any other public comments? Yes, we have one additional caller. Caller, you've been unmuted. You may begin your public comment. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, well, I'm, I'm uh, in addition to being actually quite distressed that you've gone ahead and proceeded with this meeting, even though it uh, the, the required 72 hours of notice uh, was not given. And I really have a hard time believing that anyone came to the clerk of the Board of Supervisors office and put uh the, this thing on the kiosk uh during the weekend but aside from all that this item on the agenda says announcements uh without further specification now i know that announcements are exempt from the notice requirement of the brown act under 54954.2 a3 but the it is not exempt from that from the analogous requirement in the sunshine ordinance in 67.7 uh, uh, D, as in dog. So, I, 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 you know, here you are violating the law that you are charged with um, making enforcement recommendations about. And uh, how can you do this on a regular basis at every meeting is very distressing. And it's, it's all the more distressing because I'm complaining about the Behavioral Health Commission doing the same thing on their agendas. And they're looking at me saying, well, the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force does it, and they're the toughest, you know, they're the, the, the tightest wads on the block. So how can you complain about us doing the same thing that they do? Um, and so I'm just uh, 
you know, I'd just like to put that, I, I think you can respond to this because it's not general public comment. It's regarding the topic uh, that's listed on the agenda. So, uh, you know, it, though it should have been listed better. So I'd like to hear what anybody has to say about this. Back to you, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Victor. Do we have any other public commenters? There are no additional public commenters on this matter. Okay, great. I'll go ahead and close public comment then. Okay, uh, anything else for this item, members? Okay, seeing no hands, we'll go ahead and move on to the next item. Next on the agenda is item 16, adjournment. Okay, do we have a motion to adjourn? Perhaps Mr. Hill would like to do that, member Hill. Um, motion to adjourn, please. Okay, do we have a second? Second, member Highland. Okay, moved by member Hill, seconded by member Highland. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> okay, so we are adjourned at 8.22 p.m. Record. And we will see all...